Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audiblechild.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your Android, iPhone, Kindle, or MP3 player. This week on Out Now with Airname, we are talking The Cruise Mummy. I was working in a lab. I don't know where to go. With I'm going to stop right there with the monster match. I guess you could say we could wrap that up. <laughs> we'll use that one. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe, hi. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other film movie talks. Episode. This is episode 287, 287. 287. That's like the hotel rooms that nobody wants to stay in. <laughs> I, like, I like that you just guess what the Shining Room number is now. You don't quite know it. You just want to like take a stab at it. 247. <laughs> yes. Uh, I knew what it was. <laughs> and yeah, for... For this very spooky episode of 287, we're talking The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise. I think it's Cruise the Mummy. It's Cruise Mummy. That's that's the oh, that's, that's my official title it, it for it. It is Cruise Mummy, yeah. Yes, it's Cruise Mummy. Okay. Thank you. Yancey is actually the developer of Cruise Mummy, so I mean, you need to take some credit for that. But let's get to that right <laughs> now. Uh, joining us today, speaking of certain guests who should keep it down before we, before we start. Uh, what? <laughs> Uh, we who who's here? Uh, from the Milky Way Blues, he's poured himself a cocktail and is ready to bring the rain. Man, it's Yancey Burns. Hey, everybody. And he knows the true color of money, and he's written it all in his Minority Report. It's Peter Paris. Yo yo, hey everyone. How? Good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. How are the two of you doing today? I'm good. Oh, I'm good. Oh, sorry. No, that's what we like. We actually like when the guests say it at the same time. And you guys be, said the same exact thing. It should be a competition right at the start, so I want to see who <laughs> responds first. That's really what it should be. That's what the unwritten rules are that the guests don't know. <laughs> well, if we did this all in one room, I'd have I'd have fights to the death at the end of every podcast. Then I'd run out of guests eventually, but it'd be all yeah. worth it. So. What you're not seeing is that Aaron is actually breaking a pull cue over his leg every time. And telling him there's only room for one. Yeah, I, I just I just toss one one end into the middle of the room. <laughs> let that go. <laughs> but yes, glad to have you guys back. Um, this should this should be fun. We're gonna talk about the mummy case, guys. That's that's what's been going on. So yeah, let's uh let's get to some show notes stuff real quick first. Uh, let's see, new commentary track. That's coming soon. We have a plan of what we want to do. We just have to figure out when to do it. Um, so uh, I mean, can we just tell people what we're gonna do? Yeah, we're gonna. So we've in the past out of order. We've done commentaries for Batman Forever, Batman, and Batman Returns. This June, this month, is the 20th anniversary of Batman and Robin. So naturally, we should finish our commentary track for the series of the original Batman films. And that's, yeah, that's what we're going to get in on. We're going to talk about Batman and Robin for this month's commentary track. That's right. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that one. That should come sometime soon. We've got to figure things out our schedule in between us and whoever else joins us for that episode. All right, uh, what else? Since speaking of Batman, might as well get into this. Um, Adam West passed away. Which yeah, is, uh, yeah. Uh, that was. I mean, he he was older. He was 88 years old at that point. I mean, he, but he's certainly still working. I mean, he just like just last year they put out that DC animated film featuring Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin again, um, which which was like done to be like in the style of the 60s show and everything. But uh, I certainly um, 
grew I grew up watching the uh, you know, not during the '60s but in the reruns uh, watching the uh, the Batman uh, '60s series. Let alone just appreciating mm-hmm. Adam West's kind of from 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 how I knew him, his gift for comedy, really, his gift at kind of playing it straight but still having a you know very humorous voice in the, in the in the world of television and whatnot. Um, do you guys have any Adam West uh, memories? I mean, I always liked that show. You know, I haven't seen it in a long time, um, but specific memories. I did like also when he was on Family Guy. I th- as he's the mayor, right? Yeah, he's the mayor. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mayor, Mayor like, Adam West, he played himself. <laughs> oh, that's right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, no. So I've always had you know positive thoughts uh, for him, um, but uh, no specific memories. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, you know, uh, he was always good in that part. Did you ever see that '70s one where it was the what is it called, the Legends of the Superheroes or something? It was like a two-parter that aired with him and Adam we- or Burt Ward as Batman and Robin, and it was like they had all the Hawkman and the Flash. Hmm. Anyway, it wasn't very good, but you know. Adam West was funny. He's like kind of like a Shatner-esque kind of guy, I feel. Yeah, certainly kind of, as he grew older, he certainly became kind of more and more in on the joke, so it would seem, that kind of thing. I think Batman was a joke from the start. Well, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, it was in the, in the actual show, certainly, it was winking, as far as how it was kind of doing it. But even, you know, as he, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, same as like William Shatner's got older in age, like he certainly kind of he he plays up the William Shatner the character type character, which is what I think. No, Adam they, West they is. wear it, they wear it well. They wear it well. Sure. Yeah, certainly Adam West has been uh, again. Yes, has all those points, but to me, it, his voice is just uh, so iconic. And uh, yeah, I think that he brought a lot of humor to whatever he did in serious ways, much the same way that uh, uh, something like uh, Patrick Stewart does. But uh, also another Quahog resident, apparently. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to miss that guy. So thanks, Mr. 88, West. not bad, though. 88 years old. Pretty yeah. good. True. Yeah, he's time traveling now. Yes. A, uh, a little younger, uh, but also passed away, uh, Glenn Headley, uh, the actor. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. From, num- okay. from a number of, uh, of films like Dick Tracy, Dirty Rod and Scoundrels. Yeah, another, you know, very good character actress for sure. Uh, right. Yeah, she, she, she was. Um, she was John Malkovich's ex-wife, right? I think they were married for a while. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, R.I.P. to uh, two more actors that passed away. Definitely. And uh, all right, let's um, let's see what else. Uh, last uh, last week we brought this up a uh, uh, contest. Uh, we get a new uh, new Facebook banner photo. Uh, we uh, we want to get something fun and summary. This is out now there in an A bond. It kind of fits the vibe of the podcast or whatever. So if you want to email us at outnowpodcast@gmail.com or just you know hit us up on Facebook with a with a new image. Um, anyone that you know goes into doing that will uh, hopefully get a prize to limited to the United States because <laughs> <laughs> shipping costs are <laughs> can be high. Uh, but yeah, that'd be uh, fun to go. Let's see what else. Let's do a, a quick summer movie gamble update because we like to get these in and. and Peter, you're part of the summer gamble, actually. <laughs> uh, I am. I'm doing terribly. Did you have Mummy on your list? I don't know if I did. I might have. Not sure. I know it's Not on sure. my dark horses. Hey, was it on your list? Um, I don't think so. Actually, it is on my list. It's probably like number seven or something so like that. It's fairly low if it is, yeah. Yeah, I know, but uh, I, I know, I'm not I know, that happy with it. Well, I know a lot of us either had it very low or on our dark horses. And yeah, the mummy came in in second place this weekend with 32 million. Um, I put it at number eight. Okay. Um, I think because I think I have because I have Dunkirk and Mark 
Mark Hoban has uh, Mummy, and that's like the one movie that separates both of our lists in our top ten. <laughs> like everything else is exactly the same. <laughs> but yeah, the Mummy second place, thirty-two million. Uh, not the strongest start. Uh, what's the cinema score on this thing? Actually, I'm very curious. I now. think uh... I think it's B minus. I think I saw B minus. Is that all? Yeah. B minus. Yep. And uh, we'll get to another movie in a second when we get to Quiggies, but I certainly called that would yeah. not be well-liked. <laughs> Thank you. But, um, International, uh, though, was his biggest ever, right? What, sorry? Internationally, it was his biggest opening Internationally, ever. yeah, it was, it was huge. I mean, it was, what's it got? 141. Yeah, 141. Yeah, so it was a yeah. huge debut overseas. But yeah, America, not too, not too much as far as uh, wanting to catch this mummy. We'll get to reasons why probably well, when actually, we talk. I did, yeah. I had mummy at number 10. Okay. Uh, I had Wonder Woman at number four, but I think Baywatch is going to kill me because I put that <laughs> in the list. <laughs> you put it, you put it low, yeah. Like most of us have it at ten if we have it on our list. I you have it, it like at like seven. Or I saw, like I that. saw it last night. We'll, we'll get and? to that. We'll get to we'll oh, get yeah, to yeah, Abe. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to <laughs> you know how the show works, Abe. <laughs> but yeah, by the yeah, way, but, they should have stuck with the uh, international name for uh, you know the mummy here. It's just called Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so mummy. Not the strongest debut. I don't know if that's going to be enough to. You know, it, I don't think I don't know if that multiplier is going to work out for it to be unless it has insane legs for whatever reason. Um, that said, Wonder Woman held on pretty strong for its number one it, second weekend. It, uh, yeah. Just a it was 57 million, so it's a 44% drop, which is much less steep than past DC films. Right. Um, so it's a uh, it's going to work out well as far as what the final tally is going to be. We'll, we'll see how that works out with the rest of our. Top ten list since we mostly have it at number four uh, with Spider-Man, Despicable Me, and Guardians. Uh, yeah, not me. I moved it at the you. last second. Yep. I, you, you, move it to, you moved it. Long. I moved it to number seven. Oh. <laughs> there was there was all that press at that time, which Aaron rightly rightly dismissed. There was all that press saying like, "Where's all the press for Wonder Woman?" I was like, "Yeah, where's all the press for Wonder Woman?" And then uh, I kicked myself in the then, face. Then all the press came, and all the people saw the movies. <laughs> And it was a good movie too, so it, it definitely, uh, you know, makes me want to eat some crow. Well, I hope that crow's fried, but uh, let's move on. <laughs> well, if it made, it's, if if it if it's at two hundred now, does that mean it will get to three? It's certainly in Ooh. the cards. I don't know if it gets to three, but you know, it's uh... so it still can't. What's Guardians at? Guardians it's like Guardians. I, Guardians at three sixty six. Three sixty. Right. Okay, yeah. so Guardians is. St- so we all did we all pretty much pick Guardians? I think we did. Most uh, of us. Not one of us. Yeah, except for Marcus. Marcus has Pirates of the Caribbean, which has one thirty five Caribbean. Oh <laughs> man. Pirates, yikes. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to dwell too much on this one. I just wanted to do a quick update, so that's that's where we are. It's certainly June and July still have lots of movies coming out, so we, we have plenty of things to to see happen as far as what changes and what have you. Um but yeah. Let's see, your last thing here, iTunes reviews and ratings, good to get those, helps out the show, helps other people find the show. If you want to log into iTunes, search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe, you can give us a quick star review, that'd be, star rating, that'd be great. If you want to write us a little review, that'd be great too. Or if you just want to hug your loved one tonight, that's also a very good idea. Yeah, that's fine. That, that kind of counts as like a star rating for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You just but we always your, love reading them. Make yourself feel good. Like that's, you know, and you know. Is that a TM? I, you want, it feels like that's a pretty original idea. Make pretty yourself original. feel good. <laughs> And then log on to iTunes search for out now, Fahrenheit. You know, that works too. That's that's also that's yeah. awesome. I think I think we've gotten so good now that if you just type out, it it might just get you out. You could, now, you now. could type out n and that gets you there. I've I've yeah. I've tried the combination. Sure, I, I, I tried just out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
All right, last thing here. I uh, uh, 300 episode 300. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. All right. Sparta. Good. Yeah. Maybe that should be our 300 episode. We just do a commentary for 300. You just, just like really, dress up with the with the, Just really know, phone we'll, it in. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll wear red capes. Yeah. <laughs> let's not give ourselves ideas right now. Let's, no. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to know everybody. We each we ask each other a question or two and try to set the tone for the podcast. and better get to know no. everybody. It's good. That was good. That's good. That was good. All right. Hey, you got a question for everybody? I do have a question for you guys. What's your favorite Tom Cruise hairstyle? Ooh. Ooh. So, because the mummy here, it's like, it's almost Mission Impossible 2, but it's not as long. But it's, you know, and then he's got, he's got really shaved in, at the end of Minority Report, but it's also very low cut in Minority Report. He does, he does crew cut in Minority Report for the most part. And then he's got like, you know, regular haircut for like Maverick and some other movies. Well, Maverick's and like, then, his, like his 80s Tom Cruise hair look. But you know, what, legend is feathered hair. Legend is like, yeah. <laughs> or if you go greaser with like the outsiders. Oh, but that's but, like when anyway. he still has his janky teeth and stuff. Like that's a yeah, <laughs> that's before he got like you know the million dollar movies. But yeah, do you guys have a favorite Tom Cruise hairstyle? Mine's I probably think. short hair, like Ethan Hunt, Mission Impossible one. <laughs> one and three. Uh, yeah. Short. Two, like two four, and five. He goes for the long hair. One and three. He goes short hair. <laughs> what are you saying, Yancy? Sorry. I guess I guess I'm saying long hair. I like how his hair looks on the Vanilla Sky poster. I was oh, gonna say Vanilla hair, Sky. Actually, that was gonna be my answer because hmm. when he, he runs, you know, so it it, it, it fits it looks, different shapes. <laughs> it looks pretty good. Yeah, Vanilla Sky. Okay. Abe, did you have a a preference? Yeah, it's it's probably the crew cut, like uh, oh, yeah, possible that, yeah. one and three. Okay. Yeah. The cruise cut. Cruise cruise cut. cut. There you go. That's a that's a TM right there. <laughs> Definitely not none of that Jerry Maguire look. <laughs> the Jerry Maguire? <laughs> it's just like a regular comb over. It's just like a longer Mission Impossible. Because <laughs> it's like the what same say, year, man? right? So it's like it was it was Jerry's attitude that got to me. That was a big Tom Cruise year in '96. Jerry Maguire, Mission Impossible. That was a big year. It's an Oscar nomination. Starts his production company. Gets a huge worldwide hit. Like he's making making those movies money. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have two questions for you guys. Two questions. Well, the first one's obvious, Abe. Oh, we're still, that's the, Abe with it. we're still yeah. on. We're still on this. This one's for Peter and Yancey. Which has the better soundtrack, Guardians Volume One or Guardians Volume Two? Oof. Oh, uh, the answer is neither, it, and it's the Baby Driver soundtrack that's better. Let's, well, <laughs> that's that's clear, obviously. But let's move, let's move away from that one. <laughs> um, probably I prefer the first. I know a lot of people love the second. I prefer the first. Yeah. yeah, the first was his first strike at it, so I think he probably put more of his favorite tunes. I mean, that ELO song is great in Guard. I mean, because isn't ELO the starter of Volume 2? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a great – I mean, I love that song, but I don't know. I, I The Guardians Volume 1, I listen to that soundtrack a lot, and I have not really listened to the Volume 2 a few times, and it, it's good. But, you know, I don't know. I would say Volume 1. There you go. So that's two votes in Abe's favor this week. Yeah, but you know, I, I feel like the, it's getting pretty close to 50-50. Yeah, because yeah, I listened to your podcast last week, and I think Todd was on your side. I think he liked Volume 2. Well, yeah, because of his argument, which I agree with, is that Volume 1, you basically have all those songs already, and they a lot of them are associated with other movies from beforehand. So it's like you're just taking things that you know, and you you just made a, you know, a compilation of things that you have already into one soundtrack, where 2 is more obscure. That's a good point, Aaron. I the, the second one has that song, the Lakeview Terrace song. Yeah, Lakeview Drive. I've yeah, never heard that Lakeshore Drive. My, 
I'm a huge aficionado of that 70s soft rock. I've never heard that before, so that was nice. But if you're talking about just objective quality, I still think the first one has just a killer, you know. It's got Bowie and... It's got Jackson 5. I mean, that yeah. great Jackson 5 song, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we I've been doing this every week with everybody, and it's more it's it's, it's, it's splitting hairs. Obviously, they're both good soundtracks. So just, sure, sure. It's it's a fun debate to be having over the course of the, the summer so far. Um, so yeah. All right, I have another question for you guys. This is more important. Uh, <laughs> Tom Cruise runs. Are there other actor traits that you like seeing in movies? Mm. Things that actors do constantly in their films. Jack Nicholson has a hop that no one's ever mentioned. A what? Sorry. Movies, a hop. Jack Nicholson has a little hop. He hops up on his feet, just like a quarter inch off the floor. He does it all the time in movies. Hmm. This little hop where his shoulders go up like an inch and then back down. Interesting. Huh. Next time you watch, check it out. Or double, double, uh, double take from Redford, the best double take artist in the business. Ever been double taking Redford. That's a double good one. The best double takes anyone ever does. Guys, they're so natural. I do know that. I, I've I, I, I've noticed that with Redford a lot. He's a good double taker. <laughs> The sting he does it a couple times. <laughs> oh, legend! His double takes in the sting are legendary. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've written books. Years, <laughs> they've written books. The double take Hall of Fame is located in the New Jersey. Mm. Any others, guys? I can't, I'm sure. I can, I'm sorry, man. I, I can't think of one right now. I'm sure there's a lot of things that actors do that I'm like, I, I like specific to them. I, I'm just drawing a blank right now. If I think of one later, I'll tell you. Well, what, mine, is obviously, De- mine is obviously Denzel Washington making guarantees in films. <laughs> <laughs> and then another go-to one that we love on the show is uh, the dancing from oh, Sam uh, Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. But I will introduce the finger point from Harrison Ford. Yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a he finger pointer. Yeah. Pointing his fingers, and I'm so gonna be looking for that. Yeah, I'm looking for it in in Blade Runner 2049. Him pointing at Ryan Gosling. At Ryan Gosling. Look, I'm not a replicant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's got to be something they do in more than one movie. It's like yeah, it's a trait that like Brad Pitt it's like, eats. You know, it's like that's another one just too. Do, I guess as themselves. Well, it's it's more of like it's cause it's like actor tricks. Like all actors have like tricks and stuff, or just things they like to bring to a film. Yeah. Is, Brad, like, is Brad Pitt? Does he eat a lot in yeah, movies? He eats, I remember he one eats of the ocean all the time. Movies, he's eating all the time. He eats all the time in movies. He loves in food and films. He loves that business. Yeah, I do like that. That's a Brad Pitt one that I like. I like that he's always eating. Um, yeah, I can't think of more though. Huh. Well, just think about it. If you think of one, just shout it out randomly. We won't even ask randomly. about why. Yeah, don't why even, don't even preface it with anything. Yeah, we, we like it. We like a good shout out on the podcast. <laughs> Just be like Jeff Goldblum stammering, and then we'll be like, "What?" Jeff Goldblum stammering. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Martin Short does a lot of like physical business that I always enjoy in films. Like it's Martin just, Short's dancing, definitely. It's all well. him dancing or just him like him choking. Like he does a lot of things that <laughs> it's just always funny because Martin Short's hilarious. <laughs> he is. He is. All right, that's how you play. No, everybody. That was good. All right. I like that one. You know, six years in, Abe, I think we're finally getting this down. <laughs> I think we're actually saying it together at the same time now. Because well, I think we're both embracing the Skype. The, uh, like the lag in it? The lag in Skype, so we have to figure that out. Spoilers, we're not in the same room. Okay. Um, let's That's move. You are in the same room. Let's, uh, let's move now it down. I don't know now. who to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I, did a, I did a Robert Redford double take on that one right there. <laughs> I was pointing at the screen. <laughs> now look, this is a podcast. I um, can kill my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, let's get down to cookies. TM, I was drinking some water. Okay. <laughs> That's why there was, a, there was that delay. <laughs> but I was on it. <laughs> Each week out now, we move the week out now. We're going to get cookies. Yeah. Okay. Were you drinking some water? No, I was just ex- exhaling because I thought that was excellent. Because I, I, I knew every word coming out of my mouth, regardless of how fast it was. Abe, uh, have you seen yeah. any other movies this week? I did. I watched The Godfather again because there was like, uh, I think I was looking up something related to it. And I was thinking, is that a, uh, I haven't seen it in a while. And I'd like to go and check out one specific scene. And I ended up watching the entire movie. Makes the sense. specific scene was when he's talking to the police cap or yeah, the police captain. And uh, I forget the other guy in the restaurant. The dinner and then, scene. Yeah. The, the dinner, the infamous dinner scene in New Jersey. Oh, I was reading about the, the actual restaurant itself and how it's doing well. Um, it's not called whatever it's called in the movie, but uh, it's still up and running. Have, in... have they have they updated their bathrooms? <laughs> no, it's still one of those old timey ones with the pull string. <laughs> but um, no, it, it's a classic movie, and I'm sure that everyone has seen it as well. All right, well let, let's let Yancey talk. Yancey, what have you seen any other movies recently? Oh uh, yeah, you know I saw I watched High Noon again, which I haven't seen in years. That was fantastic. I watched that new uh, Olive Signature Blu-ray. Yeah, that's a great. But the other movie that I saw that was really good that I'd never seen before. There's a movie called The Island with Michael Caine. Has anyone ever seen that? The Island? You said The Island and Michael in my mind. Obviously went to The Island from Michael Bay. But yeah, no. This is the other one. This is the the Peter Benchley follow-up to Jaws. It's from 1980. Is he like hunting people on the island or something? What's going on? What's it about? It it basically has a bunch of pirates who have um, living on an island uh, unchanged for the last 300 years. And Michael Caine and his son come sort of stumble upon them. Um, it's kind of a horror movie. Um, weird. It wasn't bad. I, I don't think it's ever been on home video before uh, recently. Uh, they finally hmm. put it out. Hmm. It was a failure in 1980, but pretty good. One of the best endings I've seen in a movie in a long time. The Island. I still haven't seen the Michael Bay Island. That's That'll be in 10 years. So so there is an actual island. There is an island. The island is, is has, has cloistered these pirates away from society for years. So they're still talking like pirates in the 17th century. It's like David Warner and some other guys. Oh, okay. And Michael Caine has to Fight him. <laughs> is this like a fantasy sci-fi thing, or well, it's no, like a horror? He's no. like kind of a horror. Well, you know Peter Benchley who wrote Jaws. He wrote The Deep also, which is you know like yep. underwater, and then he wrote The Island, which is the third one of his nautical. Oh, I see. Okay. Summer beach reads. It was a big disaster at the box office in 1980, but interesting. All right, cool. Okay. Peter, how about you? What have you seen recently? I watched um, for my first time. The 1932 original Mummy, because we were going to go see the Tom Cruise Mummy. So I watched that, which I, I, I really liked. But then, man, the next night I watched The Invisible Man, because I have that box set, thanks to uh, Yancey Burns. I have that Blu-ray box set. And, man, I love The Invisible Man. Uh, Claude Rains, I thought that was just top-notch um i'm very curious because i know everyone loves bride of frankenstein the most and i know it's the same director james whale so i'm very curious to see that's better but i thought i thought invisible man was like kind of a perfect little movie um and then um yesterday i saw a not so perfect movie i um i had the day to myself Uh, my um girlfriend was working so i went to go see baywatch uh because (laughs) i i know everyone hated it but I was like, you know what? I just, I, I like the rock. I like seeing attractive guys and girls in on the beach. I'm like, I'm sure it's fine. Um, it was not very good. Uh, it, it's not really the worst thing 
ever, but it really is too long. I think I think if it was 90 minutes, people would have been kinder. It's still not kind of like Aaron, you and I just saw Fist Fight, which isn't great either, but <laughs> that's not that's at least not very long. This really it's does 90 minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> but two hours of Baywatch, it really gets into like the more action stuff and, and it's just like, uh, but, but the main thing was, it was, it's mediocre, but I didn't hate it, but yeah, it was eh, not very, probably two out of five. Yeah. Not, not great. Um, yeah. but, but invisible man, fantastic. So way to finish off with that. Glad to hear. <laughs> Let's see. I, uh, I've seen a couple things, um, that I want to make note of. Uh, first is, um, it comes at night. The other, uh, big release of the week, uh, mm-hmm. this is a new horror film from, Distributor uh, A24, which puts out lots of great movies, and this is a, a horror film, uh, more like a psychological thriller um, that concerns a kind of a post-apocalyptic world, although it's not outright stated. Um, it stars Joel Edgerton. It's very good, and I don't want to get into it more uh, for two reasons. One, um, I think there's a lot to discover in it by just seeing the film without actually knowing too much about it. I know a lot of people are complaining that. even those that like it are like it's good but it's not exactly what i saw in the advertisements i haven't seen any advertisements i saw one like teaser trailer that was very vague and given the filmmaker who directed uh, Cretia from uh, a couple years ago i i um i had an idea of what to expect and i feel like i got regardless of the execution i got what i expected out of it as opposed to some other thing that may have been influenced by advertisements so i i I wasn't disappointed in that regard, but I also just, I really like the movie. Uh, the other reason is I think we're going to do an Out Now Nights episode on uh, nice. Night, so we'll, have, we'll get way more into the film as far as kind of what it's about and, and deep into spoilers as well, because I think there's a lot of things to discuss that would be a benefit from having a full encompassing talk about it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, It Comes at Night. It's very good, though. I certainly recommend it. Um, you know, you could, you could see that, you know, a new well-reviewed horror movie, or you can go be like Peter and waste money on Baywatch. I mean, I don't know, you know, one of those. Um, <laughs> but... the day off. Come on. Uh, well, yeah, that, Peter hates horror, so, you know. I love like... horror. I love horror. I just, I just, I don't know. I, I was in the, I just wasn't in the mood. I, I of course I want to see It Comes at Night. I, I totally want to see that. I absolutely do. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I also, uh, this week, because it came out last week on Blu-ray, I got the Blu-ray, the Blu-ray to review. I saw A United Kingdom. Um, this is the film with David Yolo and Rosamund Pike um, as the as a uh, interracial couple back in 1940s uh, England and Africa. The David Yolo character is based on a real story. Um, Oyolo plays the the king the 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 heir to the throne of what's now known as Botswana, and the film concerns the relationship he forms with Rosamund Pike's character, who's a, a London woman, um, and the kind of difficulties that that brought and how they basically kind of affected history in various ways um it's it's weird to it, you know it's hard to not bring up loving which you know also came out last year uh, right. which also involves an interracial couple which also had an impact on history uh, this is you know that was just in based in america this is based overseas um uh, but they're you know they're both well acted movies this one it, it's i was concerned if it was going to be just like a kind of a wikipedia movie by which i mean a movie that's more or less kind of going through the facts about having too much to go for. But I think it, it is quite good as far as it, it feels more. It doesn't feel too much like homework. It feels it's just a genuinely, genuinely good movie. Uh, it's from the director of Bell. Uh, and it, uh, the, the acting is strong. The, the film looks good. Like it, it, he actually filmed in Botswana and London. Um, and you get a good sense of it, you know, how the, in the period details and whatnot. It's a, it's a good looking film. It's well made. Uh, it's worth a, worth a, worth checking out if you're, if you're interested. Um, okay. And the last thing I'll mention, because the lovely, 
Anna and I last night we were able to we were able to attend an outdoor screening of The Princess Bride, which is celebrating its 30th anniversary this year. And that movie is still great, guys. I, like <laughs> The Princess Bride is such a like a fun and like enjoyable film that has like all the kind of things you want in an adventure movie. It's certainly fun fact. Has... Yeah. Red Savage still the same height. Still... <laughs> 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 but, like. You mentioned Fred Savage, and he's just like like that whole cast is so good. Like even Fred Savage, Fred yeah. Savage, I mean Fred Savage is never bad. Like he's not a bad actor or anything. Like he's you know he's just a kid in that movie, but he's still yeah. like he's he's for Peter Falk is but like just them outside of the actual fantasy stuff is fun. But then you get like just such great like classical characters with Carrie Elwes as like the hero, uh, Robin Wright as the damsel, uh, Andre the Giant and and uh, Mandy Patinkin as the as a as a giant and a master swordsman and Christopher Guest. As the as the six fingered villain guy, like there's just so many like great and Wallace Shawn, of course, like there's so much greatness about that movie in terms of the lines, uh, Rob Reiner's direction, which you know it's not like the most overly impressive, but it's you know it captures what you need to as far as getting a great sword fight or great comedic scenes or whatnot. Like it's just it's such a fun movie to watch. Because I'm not to the princess, but I'm just bringing this up now because it's just a, such a fun. Well, movie. Well, I like that you guys were able to watch it outdoors, right? Yeah, it was like it's. I've never seen it with like in a theater before, so it was great to see it with like a crowd. You know, everybody's kind of excited about the the mood and whatnot. And just what's what's the sound quality like outdoors? Well, they have they have giant speakers, so it's great. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> where it's part of like uh, it's this thing from Showtime called Eat See Here, where they do mm-hmm. like outdoor screenings all summer, and they so they the idea is that they have like a bunch of food trucks and they have like a live band play and then they play a movie at night, and so it's. But yeah, so they have giant. They, if they can accompany a live band, they can accompany a movie. <laughs> like it's it's not that hard. It's, yeah, it sounds great. But... Cool. No other thoughts on Princess Bride alone in this fucking Princess Bride. I said no, cool. No, I I've only seen Princess Bride. I saw it as a double feature with Ghost. I think if you can believe it, way back with Ghost. Way back when, and I thought it was, it was three years eight. apart. Yeah, for, I, for some reason I think it was like wait, which ones? Which ones later? Ghost. I think I saw Ghost, and for some reason, it was like a freebie that they were throwing in Princess Bride or something. And so, um, I Interesting, never really, uh, themes. really, yeah, I never really loved Princess Bride. I always thought it was okay. Uh, and of course, over the decades, um, I guess society has proven me wrong because everyone loves Princess Bride. Um, but here we go with another Peter hates something everyone loves speech. Get through this. <laughs> I'm with Pete. I'm with Pete. I don't love it either. I like, I like it about as much as Pete does. Yeah, I don't hate it. It's not bad. Yeah, it's, good. It's, good. Yeah, it's fine. It's like, um, it's, it's funny because Rob Reiner to me, I mean, you're bringing him up. I mean, like Rob Reiner, of course I would put, I'm sure you would too, Aaron. I would put Spinal Tap way above Princess Bride. I'm going to talk about Rob Reiner. I mean, like, that's like, that's amazing. Like, even uh, I probably put uh, when Harry met Sally. I like that also. Um, a few good men. I mean, he's got a, He's, oh, a misery. He's got like a he's got a period where he's got some really. What you movies. what you've just named is this whole period where Rob Reiner made just nonstop great movies. Like, which is what I, it's a shame that that really ended hard with like North. I think was like the last. Right. Like, yeah. But like Bruce there was, was that period between like his well like um what is it um the sure thing all the way to like yeah like misery yeah. or a few good men or it's even well, he, even American president yeah North there but American American president's also good too like yeah he had yeah he had. He had This is Spinal Tap, The Sure Thing, Stand By Me, Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, A Few Good Men, North, and then The American President. Like, that's an amazing run for a director. It is. It, it is an amazing run. It is, but Spinal Tap really is the, the winner. I'm with Pete that Princess Bride is good, but I don't get why everyone's so gaga for it. 
I think because it has just so many things that you like in movies, as far as an adventure story and a romance and comedy and, and action. Like that, that one of the, it's one of the best sword fighting scenes of all time in there. Up to, up to par, that that up, is a great scene. I up do to par with like Errol Flynn stuff, too. which is what Carrie Elwes is clear, clearly playing in Errol Errol, Errol Flynn. Yeah, character. that's good. Yeah, I I, I do like that. I just, but yeah, like uh, Abe, do you you like Princess Bride? I'm okay with it. I I haven't seen it in full in about ten years, ten plus years. So I don't know. I mean, when I first saw it, I was uh, fairly young and uh, I enjoyed it. But also I, I it wasn't as cartoony as I thought it was going to be. But that was me like, you know, at 10 or 11 years old. Well, if you're, you're a, few, yeah. a few good men fan. That's that's your Rob. Ryan I am a huge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, that's just also a solid script from uh, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. That's on Quickies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get some of the let's get to a movie trailer talk. We talk about one of the newest movie trailers of the week, when it's coming out, what we thought of it, and what have you. And this week we are discussing American Made. This is the next Tom Cruise film, um, which mm-hmm. is coming out later this year in September. Uh, it's directed by Doug Liman. They're reteaming from uh, their Edge of Tomorrow, Live to Repeat uh, collaboration. Um, it's based off a true story of a man named Barry Seal, who was a TWA pilot recruited by the CIA to help uh, a covert operation where he'd basically work as a drug runner. I've been interested in this story for a while now. I know it's been in the works. Uh, I know it, was, it was, used to be called Mina was the title. I'm sure, I assume, assume that refers Interesting to... Interesting title name. I assume, I assume that refers to like the drug trade or something that he was involved with. Um, but as a, as a fan of, of Doug Liman and as a fan of seeing Cruz doing something that's outside of the action realm, um, this movie that I am you know, quite interested in, but also just finally, excuse me, finally seeing a trailer for the film, I, I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing. I, I'm really hoping this one kind of delivers big. But let's get to you guys. Uh, let's start with Peter. Peter, what did you think of the trailer for American Made? I thought it was good. It was more. It was less drama and more kind of action comedy than I was expecting. Kind of in the uh, War Dogs uh, vein. But but no no no. I like Doug Lehman. I, I love Cruz. Um, so yeah, it looks solid. Um, I'm hoping it's great. Um, so I, I have high hopes uh, for it because because I think in a Yancey actually probably everybody here would probably agree. Um, I, I really I really want Cruz to um, I don't know maybe get more comfortable with his age or something. But I, I'd like for him to to not necessarily just have to do blockbusters and do maybe something like American Made or maybe even something like a drama you know straight up drama like you know in his Rain Man days and stuff. So so I am very I'm very pro American Made and if if that gives Cruz the confidence to move on to even more mature stuff. Yancy, how about you? Uh, it looked good. It looked uh, it looked good. It looked familiar. Pete's, Pete's right. There have been a few movies in the last 10 years that have sort of taken on that theme. The, there was a Nicolas Cage one, The Lord, Lord of, of War. War right? yeah. Um, but yeah, just the fact that it's a slightly more, it looks like a slightly more grown-up movie. Doug Lehman has done work I like in the past. It looked good. It looked good. It looked like a return at least to Tom Cruise as a comedy uh performer or is at least vaguely comedy it looked like he had that going um so i don't know i doubt it's going to be a, a enormous hit but it, it looks like a, 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 you know uh it's a few steps back towards what pete was saying which is i would love to see him do more of the stuff he was doing in the 90s when he worked with kubrick and Wes An- or pt anderson you know he's been doing the straight up action here for like 10 years so it would be nice to see him do something else but it looked good it looked good how about you abe I'm okay with it. I, I don't think that I was really blown away by anything. And you guys mentioned a, a few other movies that I also thought of. Um, and the way that those stories are structured, though, I'm just thinking about the voiceover, what he's saying here, 
and the editing that they're doing and it it kind of feels like i kind of know where it's going i'm excited to check it out i don't know how good or you know i don't think i'm I'm expecting to be the best but basically saying i'm gonna go in with some pretty tempered expectations and we'll see how it goes i like this trailer (laughs) okay um i I, I can agree that it has a similar vibe to other kind of satirical war comedy type movies or what have you, or weapons, arms deal dramas, that kind of thing. You've, you've seen this kind of movie before, but I am a fan of Doug Liman um, as far as a director, and I do appreciate Tom Cruise as far as the effort he puts into movies, especially things that are, you know, that, that kind of cater to his strengths. And I think, I, you know, if we, as you've discussed, he is a, he's a solid dramatic performer, which certainly i think benefit him uh nowadays where as much as i like seeing him risk his life to do certain stunts it'd be nice to see him you know show the acting chops that he has um as a dramatist as opposed to a you know an, an actioneer so uh, yeah i i'm not expecting it to be you know the, the best movie ever but you know i don't necessarily expect that all from all things i just want to have an entertaining ride and this looks like that i mean it has a lot of elements that i, I think could work out to just make a solid tom cruise movie again as well as you know another not for Doug Liman, who I do think has a, uh, for the most part, makes movies I really like. So, uh, Let's see. American Made arrives in theaters September 29th uh, this year. All right. So that's trailer talk. Let's move on now, guys. Let's get to our, let's get to our main review, speaking of Tom Cruise, for The Mummy. How did you get out of that plane? There's not a single scratch on your body. You are alive because you were cursed. Cursed? By what? the ultimate evil welcome to a new world of gods and monsters you saw that right okay that should have been some of the trailer for the mummy The Mummy is the start of the Universal's Dark Universe, a series of interconnected films designed to be similar to the various superhero cinematic universes currently in play, which is fittingly similar to the original cinematic universe involving the classic Universal monster movies. Uh, Regardless, Tom Cruise stars in this franchise starter as a soldier of fortune who stumbles across a hidden sarcophagus and unleashes a creature who takes a shine to him. This would be Princess Ominid, played by Sophia Batella, who spends much of the film finding ways to capture Cruise for her own purposes. Lots of mummy antics ensue, and Russell Crowe also steps in to provide support as Dr. Jekyll, the Nick Fury of this franchise. I'm going to start with Peter. I'm going to ask you a, a question, then you can get into some quick thoughts on the, the mummy itself. But okay. you're a Tom Cruise fan. Is, is this something that you've... The you know the mummy joins the kind of a, the realm of his adventure action movies that he's been doing, for the most part, since Mission Impossible 2. Um, is is this uh, We've just talked about American Made, but do you do you still want him to do like other action-y movies? You know, it's funny because um, while I really liked the last two Mission Impossible uh, movies, um, I'm not really – it's funny because I, I, I haven't really been very big on uh, crews and action stuff. But I was really looking forward to um, kind of seeing The Mummy because I was – also because it's kind of supernatural. Or I mean not kind of. It is supernatural. And so I was – Really, yeah, I was I was really down for Cruz to do something like this, uh, for sure, absolutely. And so, some quick thoughts on the mummy. I I thought it was okay. I I don't think it's I don't think it's uh, awful and stuff, but it it's a little it feels a little cobbled together. I think enjoy. I think that uh, the, the I think the hardest thing for me is um well no I, well two I I like the woman. Is it Sophia something? Sophia Botella. 
Yeah. I thought she was terrific. I think that I think that all the the actors that have played the Boris Karloff, uh, Yancey, what's the guy in the Mummy? Peter Cushing. Arnold Vosloo. Vosloo. Arnold Vosloo. Arnold Vosloo. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't seen the Peter Cushing one, but all, the versions I have seen, everybody who's playing the Mummy, including Sophia, I have really enjoyed. Uh, and I thought she was one of the highlights of this movie for me. The weird thing is, I'm not sure. I, I I still feel a little that even though I was excited and until the end of the movie, and we're we're in, you know we don't want to do spoilers, but until the end of the movie, I honestly kind of feel like it's not much of a role. It feels a little beneath Tom Cruise. It kind of feels like why why did he take this role? I feel like it it lacks. It's weird because Ethan Hunt is not a deep character, but I guess what we get with that is it's like, well, we get that he's Tom Cruise and he's like doing these stunts. So it's different. So I don't know now, but, it, but, but initially I was very excited. I was like, oh, I can't, you know, I love him. I love him in interview with a vampire. You know, I mean, is that the last, probably like the last time he's like done the last something. time he'd done something similar. Yeah. Or yeah. So I was totally excited, but I, I don't know if this character of Nick is really that compelling. I, I feel like he just feels a little generic, you know, like, let me so, let me add, let me add that being named Nick in a movie that has Jake Johnson as a sidekick is very confusing. Um, <laughs> let me let me get to Yancey now. We'll get back to you know more thoughts obviously. Yancey, uh, t- yes. to go to go in a different direction because um, I know you're also a Tom Cruise fan, but you have an appreciation for the classics and specifically you know the, the Universal monster movie classics. Those are you know things that you would happy to be championing. Um, do you like the idea of seeing kind of new iterations of these films, which is certainly not uncommon, but here. I like the idea of having those characters in the conversation. I don't like the idea that those characters would be forgotten. You know, I remember going to Universal Studios when I was a kid and they really pumped the Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman stuff. And I like the idea of keeping those characters around. I really like the fact that they remastered all those old movies uh, for, because they're as promotion for Dark Universe. They're spectacular transfers of almost all the Universal horror monster movies out recently which is great the old 30s and 40s ones but i'm not sure i'm interested in like i don't know if they're, they're heading towards like groovy ghoulies or something i'm not interested in a big team up <laughs> with all of them that seems a little that seems a little uninteresting but you know i'm all for them keeping the characters in the in in the pop cultural conversation similar to the godzilla and king kong idea so what'd you think of the mummy you know i might have liked it a hair more than pete we saw it together and when i came out i thought yeah it's pretty much a straight up successfully entertaining, mostly forgettable popcorn movie. I never would have guessed that the next day the tomato meter would be 17%. I never would have guessed. But to his credit, Pete said he thought it was going to be. Um, I don't know. I don't know why it's getting so so so, ra- so trashed. I thought it was serviceable. I felt about the way I did after seeing the 99 Fraser Mummy in, in the theater when that came out. I thought it was fun, entertaining, right on the cusp of a thumbs up and a thumbs down for me. But I do think that in general, I think audiences will appreciate that movie more than the majority of critics are, are, are assuming they will. I think it delivers as a great plane crash scene right at the beginning, which I'm not giving anything away. It's in the trailer. I think that scene enough. That scene alone is enough to, to inspire a, 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 a high worldwide box office take. But as with Wonder Woman last last week, I mean, yeah, the first step in their Dark Universe franchise is sort of a half stumble, I, I would say. But let's give them a chance. I'm sure within the next two or three, they'll hit one that that strikes those zeitgeist chords like uh, Wonder Woman did. But, you know, well, as far as this one, I liked it. Uh, I liked it more than certainly more than most critics, but I, I you know, I didn't want to, I didn't need to write home about it or anything. Well, I'll note that, I mean, people do really want to champion that Brendan Fraser mummy series, certainly the first one. And, you know, to a lesser extent, the second one, uh, because that movie made bank back in the day, <laughs> 2001. 
Um, but, I love that know, second just, one. Just going based off of, you know, not entirely definitive scale, but the cinema score for this mummy is B minus, which is not great as far as that goes. Uh, right, uh, but what was the, cin- I don't, the the day after that Brendan Fraser mummy? That was right before Phantom Menace came out. I mean, the day after that movie came out, I don't think the idea was that people loved it. It took a while what, the, what, before that. That's not movie. That, no, that movie was a surprise hit though. It was a, it was, it made, that's why they got the sequel. It was, it was a sleeper. It, 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 that's exactly the point that it came out before Phantom Menace did, and it ended up making 500 million worldwide, which is you know not a, you know 1999. That's a good chunk of money right there. That's yeah. not because people Fair kind enough. of like it. I just it. think quality wise, if that made people happy, I can't imagine they would be that turned off by this new one. And it's funny, Pete mentioned that he he keeps seeing in social media sort of younger people saying, oh, you don't watch the Tom Cruise, you should watch the original with Brendan Fraser. <laughs> and I'm like, that, 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 that Regar- even aware that there actually reg- is an original? Regardless, regardless if they're you know, inaccurate in saying it's the original, you're saying what I'm saying is that people like that Brendan Fraser mummy a lot. Yeah, but it's nostalgia counts for a lot in these, in these kind of things. That's a 17, 18-year-old movie. If you saw that when you were seven and you grew up with it, of course you like it. I mean, there's no way around it. It's a fun little movie. I think it's more. Great. I think it's more than just youngsters that appreciate that movie and then grew up watching it. But we can we can get back to this. We'll get into it. Abe. Yes. As Yancey's alluded to, this has been basically regarded as Tom Cruise's worst movie, um, <laughs> as far as kind of reviews and general sentiment towards it. Even some of his less uh, Tom Cruise's lesser films have appreciation for various reasons. This seems to be kind of the bottom, um, based based solely off of the kind of how the reviews have came in so far. What? I don't know. I mean, Tom Cruise has made some bad movies. Not that many. It's uh, he's, it has a pretty strong streak. If yeah. this is the one that pushes people over the limit, right? Um, yeah. I mean, with, with that, with that in mind, where one. where are you with Tom Cruise movies? Is this is this the worst one for you, or did you like it? I generally like Tom Cruise as uh, an action star slash movie star, and this movie movie is it's not very good. I, I'm definitely on the opposite side of the fence from Peter and Yancey. I think that it's uh, it's sloppy, disjointed. You know, I think that there's actually poor editing in here because um, uh, some of the ideas that they're trying to leak out are just conceptually neat, but it's it's just poorly executed. Uh, I think that there's there's strange character introductions here as well as well as character exits, and it feels like four situations from time to time. I think it's also tonally uneven. I think I wasn't really sure if they were going for like. The strong comedy beats or the horror. I mean, it's cool to see the Universal logo come up and then all of a sudden the Dark Universe logo come up. Uh, that was neat. But I would say that creating a universe is pretty hard. And I think Peter was talking about this. I, I will champion the the continuation of, of this Marvel Monsters, Marvel Monsters, Universal Monsters uh, world. And I will go along with it just to see uh, where it's going to go. But again, creating a universe is pretty difficult. And I, I would obviously say don't follow the DC approach of throwing everything on the screen at once. Definitely make a movie, a good movie, and then start from there, which we sort of talked about with Wonder Woman kind of being like, well, hopefully they will learn from that. Um, but, you know, when you think about Iron Man 2008, it's like, yeah, that was like a solid Iron Man movie. And then it just built the way for the rest of the Marvel franchise. But this movie in itself is um, I don't think that it was very good. And. It's uh, to to your previous point. I was a little silent because I knew it was going to come up next. Uh, I enjoyed that 1999 movie. I thought that it was much more fun and it was much more of an adventure than this movie was. Where I'm not making uh, you're you've basically seen everything you've seen the trailer, which is kind of a 
discrediting the movie. Um, it's a bit, it's a bummer that it had to be that way. I'm a, I'm with you, Abe, and I don't know what happened here. I, I it's it's weird. You know, uh, I'm gonna bring up a reference here. Josh Sweden has a famous thing he said about Alien Resurrection, where it's like he he because he wrote that script for that movie. Um, mm-hmm. but he has a is a thing where he says like they. They they got everything right. They said all the lines right, or, or they you no know, they said they said all the lines. Like everything that I wrote was there. It's just they said everything wrong. Like everything they did was just the wrong way. They casted it wrong. They told it wrong. They said the jokes wrong. And that's what I feel like this mummy movie is. Like it just I see what they're doing. I like the idea of what they're doing, and there are some concepts that are interesting, and some of them work uh, for the most part. But it just felt off the whole time. It felt it the the best way I could describe it. It's like it's watching a great comedian bombing on stage. Like it just, I I I was super excited to have fun with this movie. I like Tom Cruise. I like him doing action stuff. I like the idea of him being involved in a, a supernatural mummy movie. It's like well that's random. I I can I can embrace that idea, but I just didn't have fun with it. And it's it started like right away. Like right after. Russell Crowe narrates this whole like introduction to what's going on. Right. Um, once you get to Cruz and Jake Johnson as random soldiers outside of some village in Iraq uh, about to storm storm in and do whatever, I just every like the the banter they had just felt like off. Like it wasn't fun. It wasn't interesting to hear these guys. I was just like, okay, Jake Johnson's screaming a lot. I generally like Jake Johnson. I'm not sure why he's not making me laugh here. And Tom Cruise just doesn't feel like he fits in this movie. If anything, Jake Johnson should have been the lead of this movie. Like, he seems like he could have handled that character as far as the the role that's supposed to be played there. And you get some other guy to play his, like, comedic sidekick or whatever. But it just, from there, it just kept going forward where I'm like, okay, they're doing the things that I'd expect this movie to do, but I'm not enjo- I'm not having fun with it, really. You mentioned that plane crash scene that's all over all of the, you know, the trailers for this movie. I... It, it didn't impress me in the way that other, like, Mission Impossible movies or Edge of Tomorrow, like, other movies where he's done this kind of stuff impressed me. Like, even because, like, the what, he he actually did, like, get in the plane with, with Annabelle Wallace um, and, like, get into zero gravity as it, like, to, like, do these shots. And it's, like, it just, the way Alex Kurtzman directs this movie, it just, it doesn't register as, like, thrilling. It just is, like, mm-hmm. okay, they did that thing. And that's a lot of the movie, just, they do that thing. And it's a shame because yeah, I I look for I I hope now I have to hope that the other dark universe movies work better because this one's just not a good start to it. Like I didn't have nearly the amount of fun that I was hoping to get. I I can agree that um was Sophia Patella, she's fine as the mummy, like she does her job. But I think Russell Crowe is probably the best thing about this movie. I think he's the way he hams it up as Doctor Jekyll was incredibly entertaining to me, even in the middle, which is incredibly slow because they're like at that point the the threat seems quelled for a bit and they're just kind of like all right now we can just lay in a whole bunch of exposition but russell crowe's doing it and he's having like a ball being this kind of dr jekyll mr hyde character and it's like okay that's kind of entertaining i i don't know where this goes next but um i'm interested but yeah for the most part i just i wasn't into what was going on here and then it ends and i really didn't like the ending but that's i don't need to get into that very much but um yeah I'd like to hear more from uh, Yancey and Peter on on. Um, I know that you guys weren't like crazy about it, but uh, the fun factor because I I certainly I'm I'm with Aaron here. I, I saw what they were trying to do. I thought that the the script was there. Um, you know, especially early on in the beginning when they're running off the rooftops and Jake Johnson's 
he's trying to be comedic, but it just doesn't come off as comedic. I did find some laughable moments here and there, but um, yeah, it has know. its point because like these actors, they're naturally able to do stuff. Like there's yeah. certain, like Tom Cruise for sure, he can do certain things that make it somewhat humorous. But I just right, it right. just felt off the whole time, which was weird. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this: the, the 1999 Brendan Fraser version. I think the reason people really went for that is because it was basically an Indiana Jones movie, and it had been 10 years since the previous Indiana Jones movie. So I think that's really the appeal mm-hmm. of those. Well, I hope that it's fun. fun. I mean, there's other movies that have tried Indiana Jones and it failed. I mean, this <laughs> that movie. Sure, really... Stephen Sommers is, is is good. He's 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 he's, he's fun. Mm-hmm. I just thought the new one. When I think about it, I think about Sophia. Um, why do I not know her name? You just said it five times. Sophia Butella. Yeah, I, I, her the conception of her as the mummy, her look when she's sort of a CGI mummy was 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 interesting. I liked all the. Am I am I, am I, ru- am I ruining it by saying there are other like mummies that pop up? I mean, the, the no. Crusader guy. No, I mean those are kind of like her minions. Yeah, I, I just thought basically I I thought that all the variations they did on the idea of a mummy, and they obviously tried to work in the '99 version as, as being one of the sources, it's sort of remaking the, both original mummy versions. I just thought that it it moved along well. Tom Cruise, even if he's slightly miscast, he knows how to hold your attention. And like I said, when I go to a movie like this, a reboot of a reboot, I just you know all I need to see is a little bit of imagination uh, in terms of in terms of the the sort of tropes. And I thought there was enough here to to make it not. It didn't make me mad. And I'm easily angered by a lot of modern mainstream popcorn movies. This one That's I why I'm like, surprised hey. by you. Like, I could see Peter enjoying the movie for the most part. I figured you'd be, like, against this movie. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'd also like to be clear that I don't think Ann and I are mad at the movie. I think that we just feel like it was just, you know, again, a little disjointed. Or not a little bit. It's a lot of disjointed. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that at all. It's totally disjointed. It's totally a mess. But when the mess is all pieces of monster movie sort of imagery and stuff, I, I, overall, I had a good time. I mean, okay. I'm not going to... It's not a success, but I thought it was as a series of images based on the idea of this mummy. I thought it was pretty good. Um, okay. Certainly better than the critics are saying. And well, see, okay. I, I yeah, go Peter. Go sorry. I, I think for me the thing is is that um, okay, I remember seeing the mummy back in '99 and being a little um, a little uh, puffing my puffing my chest a little like because I was very excited about the new star Wars movie. And I didn't care about this thing, but I did, I did like the 99 mummy. Um, but, but, and this is the thing I'm wondering, and which is, it's interesting. This is where I'm wondering if this is exactly why people aren't liking the new mummy, which is that the 99 mummy, I think Yancey's right. It basically is just a Raider. It is just an Indiana Jones knockoff, which is nothing wrong with that. But really the big allure for me, when I think of that movie is I love Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. I like I love their chemistry. I love the banner. I, I just like watching these two have to go through this adventure of this of this guy who's trying to kill them or whatever. But really, but really as a as a as a story, I don't think the mummy's very involving. But I do like Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Cut to this movie. Tom Cruise and the blonde girl, I don't think have any chemistry. In fact, I think Cruise has better chemistry with Sophia. Um, you guys both. Sophia Butella. 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 Just think of Nutella. I think I think Cruz and some and Nutella have have something. Nutella. I think they have something. I think that he and the blonde girl don't. And I think that if Cruz 
was matched up with an actress that he had good chemistry with or whatever, then you could have had what we kind of liked with the Rachel Weisz, Brendan Fraser thing. And I think we don't. I think that's what a lot of people might consciously or not being like, ugh, this lacks that. Because I got to say, set piece wise, I did like the plane crash. And again, not getting into spoilers, but the thing that I think, Aaron, you're saying was a slog was what I really liked. There's a middle section of the movie well, where it's the, it's the world building. It's the universe yeah, building that, that of the movie. Part, that's, yeah. that's, well, it's that's not just the world building, but it's also that the the mummy herself is in a I don't want to give it away, but she's in a situation where she she's in a singular location. How about that? And okay. I thought all that was pretty good. I was like, I don't know where this is going. This is kind of interesting. Like, is Cruz Cruz is clearly tempted by by her, and you sort of, at least for me, I kind of wanted him to go with her, which I which I always think is interesting and funny. And that to me goes back to the Karloff mummy, where I kind of like it, where you have this monster that you know they're bad. It's like, well, clearly they have to be defeated, but there is something. Well, I mean, I guess going back to Dracula, there is something. Uh, seductive like about them and i i totally dug that about this version of the mummy uh and i totally again no spoilers it's funny you say you don't like the end i mean if you're talking the last 30 seconds like okay that's more or less what i'm talking about yes but where cruz's character goes in the big action scene that to me is i keep wondering if that's why cruz took the role because I think that could be interesting for him to play sure. in other movies. Because I was like, well, oh, that's a different. That might be something interesting. Maybe. Yeah, but again, I mean, now you're now you're talking about what movies could come next, as opposed to what movie I got now. And no, I can agree. I can. Yeah, I can. Well, I, but I, hold on. That's, hold, that hold, is hold, the game. That is the game now. The game is not for individualized movie pods. The game is for these continued long games. You yes, but there's versions of that the... that have done that well, where you can appreciate what it started with as well as where it goes. And this is not one of them to me. Like, I mean, yeah, like you, maybe you mentioned Iron Man. Iron Man. If they just made that and everything ended and there was never anything else after it, That's I'd be a satisfied. Solid single movie. I'd be satisfied with that, but they didn't. Right, they, they didn't, were and it kept going, and you know what? It worked series. out. Like, you know what? That's interesting. You say Iron Man because I think that's the weird part. Without giving too much away, again, there's a sense to the Cruise character in this new mummy that he's supposed to have a sort of a darkness within him that's being tempted. I think Robert Downey Jr. as an actor suggests that he has a darkness inside him much more than Tom Cruise does. That's my Tom problem Cruise. with this. I but think Cruz they, they care- be able to put, but that may be in our heads. Cruz is a good actor. I can't imagine he couldn't play that. But they, it was kind of written as if the actor already had that baggage, and Tom Cruise doesn't. You know, we we think he's a good guy. Yes, Whereas that's that's exactly the problem. I think yeah. they they they, uh, this, they set him yeah. up as this as this guy who's a who's like a soldier, but also a thief, where he goes around like in in Iraq and participating in these various missions that allow him the chance to steal stuff. And right. it's like, okay, that's. And that's an idea. Deliver on that, and it just never does. Like I never. It doesn't. Believed, yeah, it actually. I never it actually kind of Tom gets Cruise. away from his military background uh, after the first ten minutes of the movie. I. It well, does. Did you guys like? Did you like Edge of Tomorrow? I did. Yeah, I but, and that and he plays that well because that's where but he's playing a coward. He's, in Edge of Tomorrow, he's not necessarily a good guy either. I, I know. Yeah, he's, play, uh, he's playing a coward. He's a character he's, arc in Edge of Tomorrow through yes. the repetition of it, which is the the most fascinating thing. Where here. I didn't really see any sort of arc at all. I mean, we, we felt uh, Aaron mentioned it, but I, I definitely wanted to bring this up too, which is just the the scenes of intense exposition. Um, you get this like opening shot of this ruby, and then it goes right into exposition right away, before even like the mummy title credit comes up. And I was like, this is really weak. And there's another point where uh, the doctor or Annabelle Wallace 
she's reading the tomb of the the sarcophagus and she's just giving you exposition right there so there's really just oh, not a really whole lot that. that i mean okay right you know you're totally right it is exposition but I, I thought that scene was pretty good that it was like this isn't a tomb this is a prison i thought that was pretty good i like i, that. I think that it would have been cooler if i saw it and i and they didn't tell me like we know what it is from the trailers so it's it's better that you know you don't have to explain it to me but anyway, to the, the the point that you made, Peter, I didn't even think about this, but yeah, maybe the casting is an issue because I, I didn't think about that until just now because um, I'm thinking about just the interactions that he has with Annabelle Wallace and maybe it would have been funnier um, if he if, the, if it was a different cast member or if they had more chemistry. The other thing I'll say is just that in terms of set pieces, I didn't think these set pieces were that that worked that well. No, I mean, you don't really have anything quote unquote grand or vast. Um, there's never like a, a wide shot of them anywhere. It's all just close ups, even when they're yeah. running through through well, London. That's, and that's the thing. Where I, think I think the main issue I have is that it's there's six writers involved in this thing, and it's Alex Kurtzman who's. I saw not, that too. Who, I immediately went to there. Uh, there and there's, and there's, there's the direction here is just it's lackluster. And Cruz is a guy who, and he didn't produce this film notably, and he's generally involved in his productions very you know heavily and whatnot. Certain ones making exceptions, and certain ones that he was involved with didn't work out that well. Jack Reacher never stopped reaching or whatever the hell. Um, it's, but, never go back. Never go back. Um, but the. The stuff here, it just it feels like it feels like he was more or less actor for hire, which is you know not typical for Cruz. Like he he didn't really step in to kind of help with what was going on here, and the you know the results we got from the filmmaking team is a movie that just feels muddled the whole time. Like the 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 plane crash, I I guess that's by default the highlight because nothing else stood out to me. Wait, what about the scene? What about the scene when it was like um, there's a huge underwater sequence? And every every room he moves, there's like more creatures trying to get at him. That was pretty good. That's... That was that was like three minutes of, of movie time, and it, it there was nothing there. I mean, they're swimming. It, it went on to, it went on too long for me, and also the result of that is me thinking, give this person CPR. Why are you just standing there? Like that's what I kept thinking the whole time at the end of this whole sequence. Like this felt like nothing. Like there's no progression that led to anything that made sense to me. Which regardless. You know... Regard, uh, I just want to bring this up. I think yeah. that the the other issue is that this movie's, as opposed to kind of the fun that you get from being in an exotic quote-unquote location like Iraq, where this movie starts or whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah. this movie is set in just dreary London. And while other movies can really use that location to its benefit, I can think I can think of American Werewolf in London, for example, which this movie heavily riffs on, by the way. Which kind of has a callback to, yeah. Heavily riffs on. Jake Johnson's playing that, Griffin Dunn in this movie. That's probably the um, most fun <laughs> thing about it. But like, or but M- and that, Mummy Returns also, or Mummy That's Returns for that matter, return. yes. Yeah. But, but I That's think right. there's what I'm saying is I think there's movies that even if they're going to be set in the standard city location, you can use that to your advantage and use you know play with the shadows and the darkness of being at night and stuff. And this movie seems to like try to do that, but then immediately gets away from it. Because all the action is just kind of like perfunctory action. There's a car chase that's not really impressive. There's a big like Tom Cruise. Like car chase? Yeah, I guess it's a mummy chase. Um, there's a there's, oh, oh that one okay that one. There's Tom Cruise and, and Annabelle Wallace like running at one point while a giant sandstorm occurs, which has no consequence whatsoever. All this stuff happens, and I just there's there's no weight to any of the action that's going on, and. So if I'm not if I'm not getting a Tom Cruise character that's inherently watchable besides the fact that he's Tom Cruise and I'm not getting fun action and the comedy's not working for me and there's no chemistry between the leads, what do I have left here? I have Russell Crowe hamming it up and a decent mummy. Like let, let me ask you guys a question here. Um, 
if this had been just a, a horror comedy or, you know, horror, but 10 percent comedy, would that have been would that have surprised you and made it better? That that sounds to me like a movie that at least has a tone intact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I liked that. I liked how that they went as far into horror as they did. It's certainly more of a horror movie than either of those Brendan Fraser ones. That's that's true. It is because there there was a scene where he they're walking through this church, and you know there's a, a there was like a, a notable jump scare, and I was like, oh, that got me pretty good. And I was like, oh, if this is the tone that they're going for. This is this is cool. This have is you like watched, neat... have you guys watched that first Brendan Fraser movie in a while? Because there's quite a bit of horror in the first hour. Like it, there's a long time before the mummy actually shows up where they're playing with character and kind of the movie. well there's those two like hired guns that get that get off in a really terrible way which i think when he's there like imhotep's a he's a badass like he's like he's stalking yeah. around and like stealing people's eyes scary. and tongues and stuff it's like, like 10 minutes where he's a cg mummy that's stealing body parts that's scary but the rest of it is indiana jones which is and, I, I, yeah. and i'm just watching this movie i can't say i was ever like feeling tension i, I don't like it it's certainly yes it's no, trying to it took place in like dark misty woods and stuff and cemeteries yeah, there's, and there's a have... setting and there's execution and it's like is this movie, I mean, which comes to Abe's point, it just it feels all over the place in tone, so I'm not really buying that it's like, okay, now we're in horror movie zone, because I have, like, Jake Johnson every now and then showing up to be like, hey, time for a joke, and some exposition. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, what one of the biggest, like, grievances in, seen in this movie is, is uh, you've seen the trailer, Tom Cruise is on the gurney, he opens it up, and instead of people being freaked out, they're like, it, it, they make a joke that he's naked. And I was like, I would be like, how the fuck did you just come back from the dead? Like, That's how, like, no one seems to play into the idea that this guy died in a plane crash. We should be concerned about how he died, and he just kind of, the next scene, he's just at a bar, like, hanging yeah, out. Like. Just, he's just doing shots! Shot, <laughs> shot, 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 shots! That was a song <laughs> reference. But anyway, yeah, that, that's what Aaron and I are saying. It's just, it's such a crazy sequence of events. Um, and then there's, like, some cool things that he's seeing visions, which I enjoyed, and I, I I forget who said it, Yan- Yancy or Peter, where I, I would have enjoyed to see if he did join up with the, the, the mummy at one point. But there's these crazy visions. And then he just wakes up and apparently he's just been walking aimlessly. That's that's the extent of what it was. And uh, it's, it's kind of a bummer. So anyway, um, I think that they will learn from this mistake. And I think that they're going to make, I guess, changes. Uh, Aaron, the only thing I will disagree with you on is the Russell Crowe character. I I just didn't appreciate him being in this movie. I, I felt like it was just too much on the screen, and it was cool that they had their their like you know their layer or whatever you want to call it. But I I just didn't think that it was his time to be there. I agree. I I wasn't big on Russell Crowe in this either, or the idea of Doctor Jekyll. It seems weird. Too much. I agree that it's. Again, I've been calling it ham- like I'm not saying it's like this is crow at his best, but like as far as <laughs> as far as my personal entertainment value goes, I wasn't having fun with the rest of this cast, but at least Russell Crowe seemed to be doing something interesting to me. Where mm. as I said, I like Jake Johnson. I think he's very funny. I think he's a very capable like actor and somehow he's not making me laugh in this movie. A movie that oh, can sure. desperately use more humor. <clears throat> he's just like screaming in the background. It's like how do you waste him? Like, that's like, right, it doesn't make sure. any I... sense to me. Oh, man, we're gonna die! Please, man! Let me think! We're gonna die because of you! Just let me think! What? I'm thinking! What are you thinking? I'm thinking we're probably gonna die here. I knew it! No, I, I agree. I mean, him him as as essentially the Griffin Dunn American werewolf, like, that's a great idea. And when they, and when it, 
when it happened, I was like, oh, this is going to be really good. And they don't really do anything with it. Yeah, they uh, steal feels, it, but they don't actually do anything with it. They just steal it. That's it. It just, it just yeah. feels awkward the whole time. It's like, I'm all for this idea, so do it well. And it doesn't <laughs> do it well. <laughs> it doesn't, yeah. I'd also like to say, you know, R.I.P. Courtney B. Vance's character, you're on here. <laughs> you're you're Vance. on the screen for like 30 seconds, and uh, we'll see you, buddy. <laughs> he's that, he's that yeah, uh, Johnny... <laughs> That that Johnny Cochran goodwill, Johnny Cochran. really. <laughs> yeah, that's how he got that part. Absolutely. That's yeah. That, that's it's been carrying him for a little bit, but he's been an actor for a while, you know. Oh, oh yeah, no, he's uh, yeah. I, no, I think Courtney B. Vance is generally good in everything. Um, yeah, yeah, but that was just... his, that was like a, a, a startlingly good performance of Johnny Cochran that I think woke, woke people up to how good he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been great if Tom Cruise had said something like, you know, what are you here for? And if he had said, I'm here to win. <laughs> would have been great. Like, uh, Even that hammy and dark, I would have loved the shit out of it. <laughs> but right. it's not hammy and it's not dark. So not the biggest uh, thumbs up for The Mummy this week. Not the biggest, not even a thumbs up, Peter. Well, largely well, because I'm just it's, I'm so so. I'm Well, I, I want to get back to this though cuz we I talked about this how this it's kind of been labeled as Tom Cruise's worst film and I I I wouldn't say not necessarily maybe like as a whole like this prob if I had to really think about it there's probably maybe some films that are not as good as The Mummy. What about Legend? Say, I like Legend. I'm not a huge Legend fan, um but I don't know. That's I, it's probably better directed if I had to think about it. It's yes. really Scott versus Alex Kurtzman. But but what I'm getting at is I can understand that sentiment because Tom Cruise is such a very consistent performer. And he, not only that, he likes to be involved in the films that he's a part of. Jack Reach is probably worse than this movie. But uh, the second Rock one. of Ages is also the second worse. one. Rock I, of Ages is no good either. Yeah. And that's another yeah. one where he's just kind of like, he just like hired Rock Tom Cruise. But that's, you know, that's more of like, he's a supporting role. Like, he just came onto this thing to whatever. Uh, but this, I can, I see where that comes from when you think like Tom Cruise lead star in a movie. I could see why people would be like, "This is just why are you here? Like, what, what, what did they, what was this going to accomplish?" And it, it feels more like Universal like really wanted to pay him a lot of money so they can start off the universe more than they thought through how well this could work with him in it. And I think not he should utilize... make a movie without Christopher McQuarrie too. Now there's enough Christopher McQuarrie at this point. Every time I see it's his true. name in the credits or Tom Cruise movies, I know it's. They seem to be okay. I, I like I like well, I like McQuarrie in general, but I also like their their track record until now like this is and if anything put it this way none of tom cruise's best movies have come out in the last 10 years not even close his best like edge of tomorrow I, I, I think the last mission impossible was the best one and mission and edge of tomorrow is pretty well liked i don't know well yeah, but compared still... to like his 80s and 90s movies right. i don't know put it above rain man or like i mean like rain yeah. man is amazing i, I don't have the definitive tom cruise list in front of me <laughs> but i certainly would say rogue nation and edge of tomorrow were in the conversation Sure. Mission Impossible Two is awful. Cocktail is awful. Losing it is awful. I mean, they're worse I mean, for sure. How dare you make fun of John Woo? For one thing, Mission Impossible Two is not worse than the Mummy because that movie's fun. Uh, uh, to get back to the Mummy real quick, um, I have a question for you guys. Um, what did you guys think of? I guess. Uh, well, let me ask you guys this: Where do, where does it go from? Not not the universe, but just the mummy character, because it's it's a crucial part of the universe, right? And well, I mean, it's a, it's a it, it'd be it'd be spoilery to talk about where things would go from here, I guess. But I it, I I get what they want to do as far as how to keep incorporating certain characters from this world. Okay. Um, and again, like, and you even mentioned this, Peter Yancey, like that the yes, the it's kind of it's building its way to do something else in the future. I'll be curious what that is, but you know, it's just 
this this movie as itself. It's like, all right, well that that exists, I guess. So they have to stick with it. Notably, uh, Dracula Untold, which came out a couple years ago, huh? um, which was supposed to be the start of this universe, you know, but then got that kind of got retcon that kind of got retconned out of everything. Uh, that movie has a higher review score than the Mummy Curly does. Wow. Yeah. It and was, we'll, any movie starring a white man that opens the day after Wonder Woman is gonna it's gonna get trashed. It's a zeitgeist thing. Aging old white movie star is going to get trashed. It doesn't help that the movie's not good, though. I yeah, mean, I was going to say, like, I think it's more than the movie's not good. No, it's not. The, the, the amount of movies that get a pass, look, as someone who's, a, who's... I don't think that Deadpool is a particularly well-made movie in, in, term, in relation to Mummy. I don't think either one of those is a particularly good movie. Deadpool was almost nominated for Best Picture. So to me, modern movies are completely insane, and, and tastes are completely insane. This felt like a right-down-the-middle success to me i'm surprised people are on it on its back so much i think it's just not wonder woman which is not <laughs> yeah but well, i mean i mean I'm, I'm gonna do this solid yancy i'm gonna you do do you this solid. i'll go and rewatch this mummy movie six months from now maybe what? not six months from now because that's like that's like the middle of award season uh i'll rewatch it in like three months and i'll tell you if it's if i still feel the same way or maybe if it, if it was just middle of the road movie and i just bashed it too hard all right. I bet it'll play better on home video regardless. Okay. I mean, like my, I mean, yeah, Yancey and I had talked about this off podcast and while. Oh, while, you guys are including before now, you bastards. <laughs> well, while I sort of see his point because Yancey had brought up that like, if you remember, well, this isn't necessarily a white male thing, but like a zeitgeist thing. Remember the X-Files movie came out either the same week or after the dark. It came Knight. out the week after the dark night, but it's also and a terrible it's like, movie. Oh, no, it's, it's the best single X-Files there is. Yeah, and it's not. No, it is. Roger Ebert. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take back my challenge of watching it in three months. <laughs> go read what? X-Men I Want to Believe is a better movie? No, it, no, no, no. no yeah, I Want to Believe is a better movie than The Dark Knight. It's also a better movie. It's also the best X-Files thing there ever was. Oh, God, no. Okay, go, this go conversation read, go is read over. Roger. Look, look, don't listen to me. Go read Ebert's review. He's I, have read, I have read Ebert's review. It doesn't mean I have to agree with him. Yeah, but oh, no, that's true, but... It, Okay. It means something. It, what, is, what does it mean? Some other person had an opinion? Like, what Some does other that person mean? Some other person whose opinion we value and who was considered the greatest film critic alive. Or not. So okay. it's not a completely I, insane theory for me to say. Sure, but, sure. But it's insane for you to tell me that because I read his review, suddenly I have a new appreciation for a movie that I didn't like when I watched it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you act like it's a total shock, and I'm saying, well, the most prominent film critic in the country at the time liked it, so there you go. I constantly bring up Ebert reviews as things that he loved. He, he gave three and a half stars to Spawn. Like, I mean, he loves lots of things. I don't I don't begrudge him for liking movies. <laughs> there was a whole entire, like, scene where Spawn's killing everybody in hell at the end. That was pretty cool. Although, actually, That's I kind of terrible like movie. That. <laughs> I like that. I like the Ebert champions, like Nicolas Cage, knowing that I like that about him. I think that's a, even if I don't agree with him, I, I admire that about Ebert. Yeah, we don't have that's, that's great, and I can agree with you, but this has no bearing on my thoughts of why we're talking about the X-Files movie to begin with. <laughs> no bearing no, no, on my thoughts for that. My main thing I wanted to say was I do think there is something to, I think there is something to, a movie captures, a movie or something captures the public's imagination, like The Dark Knight or now Wonder Woman. And yeah, but I think, but I think you're speaking to the public and not speaking to individuals. And I like as, as much as I like a movie from a previous week, it doesn't mean I'm going to suddenly like have a different opinion because of the appreciation I have for one movie over another movie that's based on release dates. No, but putting it in perspective is, I think, valid cultural perspective. It's, you know, like it did but come you're speak, out. You're speaking to a, a broad audience. You're not speaking to the individual. What do you mean? I think the point that you're making, I think, applies to the movie going public as a whole and not to an individual person's thoughts on one movie based off of where their mind is at after the weekend of another movie. 
I, I'm talking more about the critical establishment. Look, you know, Aaron, we were just talking online, I think, about Joe versus the Volcano, right, which is coming out. When that movie came out, a lot of critics said it was the worst released movie of the recent studio era. It got an F in Entertainment Weekly. It got some of the worst reviews I can recall a movie ever getting. Now, 25 years later, it's a, it's a, that movie's a classic. It was, a, it was great back then, but the entire critical establishment... It's still a cult film. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a classic. It's a, it's oh, a, it's a, it's a classic. It has a cold audience. I got like 30 people saying that they love that movie. I'm glad that your Facebook post encompasses so many people across the world in terms of Tom Hanks love. I'm not trying to be snarky, but like, you're saying based off a Facebook post, this movie's a classic. I mean, come on. It was called classic at this point, definitely. Well, Aaron, you like it too, right? Yes, I do like Joe Withers Volcano, but I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna say this movie's a beloved classic by all. It's it has a cult it has cult favoritism. I could well, just like the big about, okay, just like Aaron, the big Lebowski. How do you feel about the way it was received when it came out? That seems to be a politics studio thing, or was that a genuine? That movie does it deserve to be called the worst studio movie of its era? That seems a little strange to me. I don't have a frame of reference about the the time that that movie came out, just because I wasn't. I'm not. Th- I don't have the the knowledge of what in the 89, 90. 90. Uh, I, I, I wasn't looking at the what the the, the critical establishment was saying about Joe Wizard of the Candle versus other movies at that time. That, these I, things I, are out there, though. I mean, you know, you can look it up. These things are out there, but I'm I'm not doing research on Joe Wizard's Volcano. But I, I, and I, I get what you're saying. I understand that. It that seems yes. Uh, just hearing that that sounds a little harsh, but, but it is a it is a weird movie, and it's one that I wouldn't necessarily expect to be a blockbuster in its day. It's a movie that I can I can see as one that would be found over time because it's different than other things that Tom Cruise. That, that Tom Hanks is doing at that point. Right, it's true, not big. True. Like it's it's not big. It's a weird movie about a guy with a brain cloud that goes to a different island to solve well, no, the problem. No, I think I think I think it I think it costs a lot of money. I think that's why the reviews are bad. I think it probably cost eighty million dollars. Mm. They're reviewing the budget, and in this case, I really feel like the critics are reviewing the idea of the franchise. They're trying to they're trying to stop it in its crib, basically, which I don't think is possible. They're going to do it anyway. The Dark Universe. I would yeah, argue that the sentiment I, I, comes. I, I, I would, I would say they're going to continue with it. Well, yeah, they got to push forward, but the idea is also they're going to be different budgets and what have you, and the scope will be different. But I think the bigger thing is, I think a lot of people really want to see Tom Cruise succeed because he is a consummate performer. He is very consistent as far as things. So seeing a movie like this, that just feels like nothing. It feels like, why'd you do this one? And he'd probably look at you and be like, eh, I had to deal with Universal, I figured I'd do it. Like, that seems like more the answer than, I really wanted to make a Mummy movie, and I think people are calling that out. See, that's the Brendan, only... Let me just say this. I'm sure Brendan Fraser and Arnold Vosloo are on studio speed dial. It doesn't take that much imagination to bring them back into this series. I would do that right away. I bet they will. See, that's the only that's the only thing that see, I would agree with Yancey about. I definitely agree. I, I see Aaron's point, but I definitely agree that I guess if we're looking at moviegoers as a whole and not individuals, not Yan, not not Yancey, not Aaron, I do think there is something to something is a huge hit, whatever follows it. The public, maybe they just – they're exhausted. They they love this one thing. They're not going to just love something else. But what I would disagree with Yancey is it's funny. If it was any other aging white actor, I would agree with Yancey. If it was like – I can't even think of – I don't know. So some other movies. Oh, maybe Johnny Depp or something. William Neeson. Right. Well, he's even older. But the, the fact is Rogue Nation, Edge of Tomorrow, these movies were made in the last few years. Critics love those movies. Audience like those movies. So clearly audiences still like Tom Cruise. So that makes me go, I don't think that's true. I don't think I don't think we have I don't think critics want to be hard on Tom Cruise because I feel like they just they love Rogue Nation. They love it. So I don't Tom Cruise in particular, I don't know if that analogy works. That would be my only disagreement. But in general, I see what he's saying, if that makes sense. Well, let's, okay. let's we gotta wrap this up because we gotta move on. So let, yeah. 
I should say, clearly we have some disagreements. Uh, we'll agree to disagree for now. <laughs> that statement never makes sense in my mind, but we'll agree to disagree for now. <laughs> but uh, we'll I do appreciate what movies go. I do appreciate what you're saying, and I'll be looking forward to seeing what other movies do business as in the rest of the summer, because there are a lot of big things where maybe another movie will also capture the zeitgeist in some way, and we'll see how that follows up with another big movie that comes out afterwards. I mean, there's lots of test cases to go What's with. What's coming out Friday? Cars is this Friday, then Transformers is the weekend after, and then Despicable Me, and no, no, that Spider-Man. Sense. I mean, so it's it's just hit. It's just potential hit after hit. So I mean, it's lots of things. Oh, so Wonder Woman will probably be number two because Cars will for sure be number one. Oh, yeah, because it's a release. huge Cars hit in the third week. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, eh, I can see that. I because okay. I was thinking audience wise, Wonder Woman will make basically most of its money until Spider Man, and Spider Man will become the next big. I mean, I was too, unless Spider Man's terrible, Spider-Man. I can't imagine it not becoming the next big thing. All right. Well. We'll, that, we'll, we'll discuss that as it goes along as far as box office and what has you. But for now, where should, when should people go and see The Mummy? Start with Yancey. When should they go and see it? What do you mean? As like, in, where? our, our rating it? scale is when should audiences go and see this movie? As in, like, a theater, an IMAX, at a dollar theater, at home, on Netflix, on a Blu-ray? I think this movie will do well with people at home, however that is, however that goes. Uh, whether that's Netflix or streaming, I think watching it at home, it'll seem a little more modest, a little less enormous. I think it'll it'll play better. Peter? I agree, 100%. See, that's why I like this scale, because I think we're probably all, yeah, for the most part, in like, agreement on that. we're all going to have the same rating. <laughs> it's like, this is definitely like a Netflix movie. Yeah, it, it feels like a movie's like, all right, Tom Cruise did that thing. How'd that thing turn out? Let's see it on Netflix. And that's where I'd say you should see it. I think it, it works for you know a Netflix audience. I'll say this. I could totally see if if Invisible Man or Bride of Frankenstein is great, I can totally see years from now people going, oh, you know, that Tom Cruise money, it's not that bad. I kind of liked it. I can totally see that because they watched it on Netflix or something. You heard it here first. I don't begrudge anyone that's liking the movie, certainly not you guys. It's just, this is the kind of, sorry, this is the kind of film that it feels like a bad comedy to me where it's like, it's not about the effort put into it or anything else where I can appreciate certain aspects. It's If it's not, if, for a comedy, if it's not funny, I'm not laughing. I'm not going to have a good time. That's the worst kind of movie for me, an unfunny comedy. This it is obviously not that. I know, I know. I'm saying this is not a comedy. I understand that. But the the same reaction I get from a bad comedy, I got from The Mummy, where it's like, if some, if, if it feels off, it's not going to suddenly feel on to me again. Like, it just, it doesn't, it didn't click for me. So it last, just... last note, last note. Uh, did Tom Cruise wear the same shirt throughout the rest of the movie after he wakes up and goes to the bar? Well, it takes place for about like an 18-hour period. So okay. yeah, right. <laughs> it's like this new. I was like, I don't guess I'm doing a clothing change. Yeah, no, he's he's rocking that black shirt the whole time. I mean, I thought but it was blue. <laughs> dark, maybe it's dark blue. Whatever. I mean, thank you. This is very specific. We need this point. Anyway, <laughs> you said the last note as if it was gonna be something important. You're like, Did Tom Cruise changes clothes at some point. Like, what is this? That is an important point. <laughs> you know, you have to wait for the sequel to see what he's wearing in the next one. Could be a new shirt, I hear. That's where the budget went. He originally was changing clothes constantly. They're like, we need to make this more consistent for the posters, so they just digitally corrected all of the shirts he wore for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Which were all the same style. They're all like J. Crew t-shirts, so it's still... That's an expensive shirt. Yeah. All right, let's move on, guys. <laughs> let's, let's... This is a professional podcast. Let's move it's on now. Let's get to our... Uh, let's get to our sponsor real quick. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Why Audible? I'm going to tell you why, guys. Audible content includes more than 180,000 audiobooks for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, Zune, or any kind of MP3 device. 
Additionally, Audible is offering out. I'm gonna keep doing the Zoom joke every week. Guys. I like I'm sorry. It. <laughs> Additionally, Audible is offering out as a free audiobook download of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Uh, just log on to audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. Choose a book to download for free. It's just that simple. Be a winner. And read. Or listen at audibletrial.com/slash/outnowpodcast. Okay, let's move on now, guys. Let's get the feedback. 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 This is where I go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash/outnowpodcast. We asked a number of questions, you listeners gave us the answers, and then you listeners gave us some questions, and we'll try to provide you the answers. No, we really <laughs> really flipped the script on that one, guys. It's crazy. Well, that's a tricky statement. That's almost like saying we're going to agree to disagree. <laughs> call back, call back, call back. Thank you, yes. Okay, Peter, Yancey, feel free to fill in your own answers as well. So here we go. Here's the first one. Who is your favorite classic universal monster? Jay writes, the creature from the Black Lagoon, though the Invisible Man is my favorite of the films. George writes Frankenstein's monster or Adam Scott. Manish writes Dracula. Chris writes yeah Dracula. And Philip writes Creature from the Black Lagoon has a really cool design. Do you guys have a favorite uh, Universal monster? Creature from the Black Lagoon. Larry Talbot. Larry Talbot, the Wolfman. Wolfman. Wolfman is pretty good too. That guy needs a shave. Yeah, I'm still watching them, so I I can't say, but I I really you know probably my heart goes to Frankenstein's monster. But I really like Griffin. Uh, is it Griffin? Griffin or Griffin, the, the character, the guy in The Invisible Man. I think he's a fascinating, like, antagonist. So, But, again, I, I need to watch the rest of these. So, Okay. I, I go Frankenstein just because there's so little to work with, and somehow that's such an iconic uh, performance. Just I actually way. believe it's pronounced Frankenstein. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You're, you're, you want to finish up your idea? And knock the wind out of me. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yes, I, I do think Frankenstein works the best. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, next question we asked everybody, what is the most underrated Tom Cruise film? Friend of the show, Scott writes, I think World of Worlds is finally getting its due, so I'll go with Oblivion. Uh, friend of the show, Brendan writes, time has been kind to eyes wide shut. I'll go Mission Impossible 3. Seems lost in the series' conversation, yet it's super fun and has the best villain of all to go along with the engaging action sets. Also, it's Amy Nicholson's favorite MI... Uh, also, it's Amy Nicholson's favorite Mission Impossible, and she wrote the good book on Tom Cruise, literally. Susan writes, uh, was Edge of Tomorrow considered underrated? Because I thought it was, and I think we clarified and said, well, it's probably underseen. Underseen more than everyone, yeah. everyone that liked it. Yeah. yeah, people liked it, but it definitely, uh, you should have seen it in theaters. Chris writes, Edge of Tomorrow or Oblivion, which I thought was super stylish. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Dennis writes, I love the Minority Report. He wrote the Minority Report? The Minority Report, yeah. Uh, Christine uh, writes, Night and Day, so many negative reviews. But I really liked it. William has collateral. Manisha has Jerry Maguire. Some of these aren't underrated at all. It's a huge hit. Underrated. Jerry Maguire is a huge hit, and Oscar yeah. <laughs> People well, still quote you, it. You never know. I mean, you know, you, it's not, it's on TBS from here and now and again. But maybe people thought that it was underrated in their place of origin. I don't know wherever they live. Uh, this weird guy, Peter Paris. I've never heard of him. Uh, writes The Color of Money. Uh, Eric writes Valkyrie. Kevin writes Legend. Philip has Far and Away. And lastly, Jay has, I don't know about underrated, but Top Gun is probably the most overrated. Yes. Uh, that's probably I would true. disagree with you there, Jay. Top Gun is a national treasure. It's certainly a movie. 
Uh, do you guys have any answers for underrated Tom Cruise movies? Vanilla Sky, easily. Yeah, I would say Vanilla Sky, too. I think yeah. that's one of the greatest star vehicles. It's a wonderful movie. I, see, we and I can agree on things. <laughs> yeah, great movies we agree on. I, I, it's yeah. totally, it's totally great movies we can agree it's, on. That's, it's absolutely color of money. I mean, it's, it's for sure color of money. Because it's great. By the way, color of money, great hair. Great hair. Oh, yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> it's like it's three inches it's a, thick or something. It's a great Tom Cruise performance, and I think that people just – like Aaron, uh, people just assume that it's just a, a not great hustler, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, sequel. It, it, right, and that it's Scorsese not doing great work, but it's 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 masterfully directed by Scorsese, and it's eminently watchable. Like, I mean, I, 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 I like this guy too. I just – I don't know, man. Color Money, I think that's well, – underrated like first off you've made an assumption which makes an asset of you an umption so right there you're wrong because i i've i've seen the color of money it's not like i'm just guessing i know i haven't seen it i know you said i you say i assume though like as if like i'm just guessing that it's not like i've seen the movie like it's it's fine it's just not like all right whatever i just okay that's oh i'm sorry that's not what i meant yeah i just i you well, you and I have talked about this before, and I just thought you were so hard on it. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" Like that's because like, you were coming at me so hard on it, so I have to like stand by my point that I'm trying to make about an inessential Martin Scorsese movie. Actually, I would also funny, I would also say I would also say that if this conversation was about Scorsese, I would also say it is also a un, un, uh, underrated Scorsese film. I, it, it fits it fits both categories. Hmm. Next question. <laughs> What's your favorite Tom Cruise risks his risk killing himself for your entertainment stunt? Oh, of course. Uh, hold yeah. on. All right. Uh, Den- Dennis writes Tropic Thunder. <laughs> uh, Nippon writes the moment he leaves Scientology. Uh, Manish writes the underwater stunts in Rogue Nation, and Philip writes the vertigo-inducing insanity with Ghost Protocol. Yeah, Ghost so- Protocol for sure. Ghost Protocol for sure. Yeah. yeah, that scene is amazing. It's one of the best scenes ever, like for a stunt in a movie. I mean, that yeah. yeah I mean, it's pretty wild, that stunt, just the whole entire, like, actually flying and going up to that speed. Uh, but that, that certainly is a um, one that people reference a lot. But are there others that people don't really reference that much? Yes. Hold on. Because, yeah, I would I would agree that Gross Protocol is probably my, my, my favorite of those stunts because that whole sequence, especially IMAX, is astounding to watch. Um, but, but, I mean... Mission Impossible 2, he is like bare hand climbing mountains in that movie. That's like pretty yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, it's true. The uh, the Rogue Nation, as Manish mentioned, has that underwater thing where he literally learned how to breathe underwater for six minutes. I mean, which that was is real? insane. Yes, that's real. Yes. <laughs> it's great. On the, on the Blu-ray, they have a whole, like, they even clock it. They have him being underwater for six minutes straight to show you, like, him, like, working on breathing exercises and how to accomplish that. Mm-hmm. But, um, that movie also has him, by the way, hanging on the outside of a plane. I mean, that's right. ridiculous. So yeah, there's a few. There's a few things he's done over his time. Let alone all the running scenes, all the all the jumping on stuff, stuff. Yeah, there's but, there's a ton of yeah. There's so, just, there's remember, just a, there's a ton when, of these. I remember when Ghost Protocol was being uh, made, and uh, God, I don't know if it was Yancey who sent me the picture, but do you guys did you guys see when Ghost Protocol was being made? There's a photograph of Tom Cruise on the top of the skyscraper, just hanging yeah, out. Just, yeah, yeah, just sitting on just the like top. Just, casually smiling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, only Tom Cruise. It's like, that's so great. It's like, oh, awesome. Like, Typical Tom Cruise, man. That guy lives an interesting lifestyle, and the Scientology part is, you know, whatever. Part of it. Um, yeah. Next question we have is a favorite Russell Crowe roles. 
Uh, George writes, some hate his Javert, but I enjoyed his performance. Second favorite is Maximus. After watching A Brilliant Mind, I like to watch it as Jacob's Ladder scenario. Uh, David <laughs> David writes, easy Captain Jack Aubrey from Master and Commander, the far side of the world, for England, for home, and for the prize. Uh, Jay writes, the nice guys in L.A. Confidential. Philip writes, Maximus. Manish writes, the nice guys. Jason writes, Jor-El from Man of Steel. And Chris writes, he's great in Romper Stomper and 310 to Yuma. Uh, he is great. But just listing all those roles just it says like look at Russell Crowe's filmography because it's pretty damn terrific. <laughs> like he has yeah. such a great set of roles. I I'm not a huge fan of Gladiator, but I do think his Maxim's performance is really strong. It, it's certainly he won someone. An Oscar for it. He won an Oscar for it. Yeah, I'm just not the movie itself is like, yeah, it's fine. Um, uh, his LA Confidential is fantastic. Is LA, yeah, uh, that's that's one that I would shout out. I'm a huge fan of Master and Commander, as we say often on this podcast. Um, I, I think that's first of all, I didn't know that. I've said this often on the podcast, okay. but I think I say Lovano a lot. Actually, maybe I'm confusing. Yeah, uh, I do but, look like Anna. <laughs> but no, I I do think Master Commander is like one of the. If you want to talk about underrated movies, even though that was nominated for several Oscars, it, it just you know it's a it's big big expensive art movie essentially. But it, it's just it's so good, Master Commander. But no, yeah, he's Russell Crowe's got a, a strong set of performances in his his oeuvre that go with some of like even his lesser films. I think he's a very terrific performer. Yeah, anything from Yancey and Peter. You know, a movie I love that nobody seems to love but me, but I really love it, is Cinderella Man. Uh, he's yeah. Yeah. That's a great one, too. <laughs> Ron Howard? Yeah. yeah. That's like his favorite role, I think, too. I think that's his favorite role that he's done. He's so sympathetic and terrific in that movie. Also, uh, of course, the uh, what's the Michael Mann movie? The... Oh, The Insider. The Insider. Yeah, the Insider. Yeah, another great one. Yeah, I mean, he's great in a lot of stuff. I, You know which one I would like to highlight, even though it's 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 not my favorite or anything? I think he get, kind of gets unfairly bashed for Les Mis. Yeah, he is good. He's good. He's good in Les Mis, and everyone really just, oh, he sucks. I'm like, no, he doesn't suck. He's, I like, I think he's good. Like, but I mean, yes, of course, Insider, yes, or LA Confidential, yeah, of course. Th- those are defining crow roles. Yeah, um, I think my issue with because uh, I like the Javert character in Les Mis, and I think just it just seems so different from everyone else as far as the like the singing seemed more obvious with Russell Crowe if that makes any sense. Like, he's a rock and roll singer at best, really. So well, yeah, and so it's just it's it's not quite like. Because it works for Depp and Sweeney Todd, just the way that his voice sounds in that movie at that point, it's like, okay, he's singing too, and it's this is a little different from the mood of the rest of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. It happens, yeah. with the, you know, because they're all live singing, so it just kind of has a different feel to it. So it just it stands out, I think, with Crow, which is why it gets pointed out. They also couldn't do they couldn't do like a Disney animated thing where they have like you know an actor just acting and then the singers that sound like them doing it. The old days, like in West Side yeah. Story or My Fair Lady, they would do that, yeah. No longer. I was thinking more like Aladdin, <laughs> where they have... It's like, the same, well, it's the same concept, though, Abe. I mean, yeah, DJ, DJ Tanner's his boyfriend does, does the voice of Aladdin, but he doesn't do the singing. <laughs> anyway, fun facts that everybody knows. Go <laughs> on, what's the next question? <laughs> next question. Lots of actors are being rumored as roles, uh, for roles as monsters in the Dark Universe. What would you like to see... Uh, in any sort of movie that's coming up. Jay writes, Doug Jones as the creature from the Black Lagoon, Michael Shannon as Reinfeld, Renfield, sorry, and of course the creature should be voiced by David Hyde Pierce. Very specific <laughs> oh, there. Hell, Hellboy jokes. I don't think he talks. <laughs> um, Manish has Penelope Cruz as Elvira, which would be kind of interesting. Not a, no, not a universal. Writes, Idris Elba. Would make a kick-ass vampire slash Dracula. I don't think anyone is denying that. 
Uh, anything yeah, from you guys? Idrisopa probably would make a kick-ass vampire dragon. Idrisopa <laughs> um, would be kick-ass like almost anything. I think it's I, been rumored. I for sure hope that Scarlett Johansson is the, I guess, you know, uh, hot girl, girlfriend, scientist in Creature from the Black. Like, to me, that that has to happen. Mm. Like, that feels perfect for me. So and they've already they haven't they already cast Javier Bardem and the Javier Bardem is the um, is Frankenstein's monster. Johnny Depp is the invisible. Johnny I Depp heard they were going to cast The Rock as the Wolfman, which is odd to me. I feel like that there's a does, lot of better that, actors to, for that part. That, that seems like out of place as compared to, you know, you have Tom Cruise, uh, Javier Bardem, and Johnny Depp, and The Rock in this series. Right. He's, seems already like, big, he's already big and threatening. It seems weird that he had to turn He's already big and threatening. Yeah, it'd be kind of like, especially if it's, I guess they're all supposed to be modern, but but in my mind, it's only like the 30s where like The Rock is walking around amidst like <laughs> very fancy people. And it's like, oh, full moon, gotta go, guys. And it's like his big bald self walks out of the room, comes back, and is like, oh, he's the Wolfman. <laughs> I just think the Wolfman's got to be able to express an angst. Like, I mean, they would never do it, but Michael Shannon could also play that role very well. You know, Michael Shannon could kill any one of these roles. Michael, guys. Michael, Let's just put it yeah, that Michael way. Michael Shannon could do anything. I'd also like to say I'd like to just see Not Stephen Merchant show up in any one of these movies, and he just gets killed immediately because someone thinks that he's a, a weird creature. You know, you say that, but honestly, Stephen Merchant, he could be a good, invisible man. Like, he has that, that kind of sense of humor that I think could work for that kind of role. That would work, and they wouldn't have to, like, uh, you know, see him on the screen too much because he's uh, six foot seven. So the cameras, they don't have to, like, do the, the magic of somebody being five foot six, like Tom Cruise. Anyway, next question here What is the funniest Tom Cruise movie? Chris writes Tropic Thunder for me, but American Made looks good. Tyler has Edge of Tomorrow, and lastly, Philip has Tropic Thunder. What's the funniest Tom Cruise movie? He's Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire is brilliant. Um, he's uh, really funny in Edge of Tomorrow, though. Yeah, I would I would agree that Edge of Tomorrow is very comedic. But yeah, I'd probably go with Jerry Maguire. Oh, Risky Rain Man's pretty is great. Funny. Risky Business pretty, is great. He's pretty funny in Rain Man. Yep. Yeah, true, true, true. Risky Business. I, I mean, we mentioned Ghost Protocol a lot. Ghost Protocol's a riot at a lot of points. Like, there's a yeah, lot of mission accomplished. Because not yes, exactly. Mission accomplished. One of the <laughs> one of the single best deliveries of any line that he's had in a movie. Mission accomplished. <laughs> and he... He keeps hitting that button, and we keep laughing. <laughs> I think that's that that's that Brad Bird element that I think really works, as opposed to like Mission Impossible Three, which is just all intense all the time. Four is like JJ nothing. Four, yeah, four is like nothing works, and we're just goofing around a lot. And Simon <laughs> Pegg has a bigger role. Like it's just there's a lot of fun in that movie. But yeah. So, all right. What's the what do we got here? What's the next thing? So now we ask. Yeah, I, well, no, we got it. No, now we got a question that they're asking us. Uh, Jason asks, what is your favorite Adam West Batman moment? Um, and Dennis chimes in, uh, can I answer this too? It's when he folded the bat shield moments after they were being shot at by goons, explaining to an exasperated Robin why he did this, just to simply say, I counted the bullets like a boss. R.I.P. Adam West. Uh, That's a nice moment. Favorite Adam West Batman? I mean, obviously, there's a number of goofier things. There's a number um, of like but... fantastic gifts that you can find. Well, yeah, there's the running, there's the bat tootsie. There's um, there's the shark punch. There's the shark punch, but that whole that whole okay. So in Batman the movie, which came out what like in between seasons of the Batman show, um, there's that whole riff after the whole shark repellent spray happens, where Batman's basically figuring out which villains are involved, where it becomes like a you know we are at sea, the Penguin, sea for Catwoman, maybe is pulling my leg, the Joker. I think that series of lines that like establishes which villains are being involved is some of the funniest things I've ever seen in Batman TV show, or Batman-related things. So yeah, that's my answer. That's what I got, that's what I got for that one. 
I will I will shout out this Batman the Animated Series episode too, which features Adam the West's guest voice. The Gray Ghost, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a terrific. That, it well, it features some legit acting. Uh, like, and that show is there's incredible voice performances in that whole cartoon series. First of all, that show is like way better than that's like that's like the Avatar: Last Airbender in the '90s, where it was a cartoon, but it's actually a much better thing than a cartoon ever should be. It just had everything it needed to be a perfect Batman series. Um, all right, let's uh, let's that was feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Now it's um, time. What 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 uh, what time is it? Aaron, I think it's time for a very quick game here. Little known fact: that's actually the tune that plays when they open up the sarcophagus in the Mummy. That that <laughs> is, of course, the very same tune, and of course, the improvised <laughs> theme for games. And I have a game for you guys this week. Yes. It is called. It is called. Mo mummy, mo problems. Okay. <laughs> First of all, kudos to you on the title. <laughs> yeah, for sure. it's a very good title. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking some time so you, I can bow. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so this game, I think this is gonna be fun. I'm going. To, it's a trivia game. Uh, the theme is that all of these actors that I'm going that you're gonna try and guess are have all been involved, have either played the mummy or been involved with a mummy movie. Okay. And so I'm going to read actual trivia of these actors' lives as the, their their per, their real self. Okay. And you're going to try and guess who it is. If you can't figure it out from there, and some of these might be quite, pretty tough, I'll just start reading, like, obscure roles that they've had in movies and you can, until okay, you, so somebody gets Okay, so we'll it. buzz in with our name, and then we'll be shouting out the name, the actual actor. Yes, if you think you know the answer, shout out Yancey, or Abe, or Peter, and try to, you know. And you're going to give us clues answer. from their, the from actor's their actual life. Yes, this is for yes from their life. This is from the IMDb trivia page for their life. So this is interesting. All right. Yeah. For so actors we'll who have us. been in mummy movies. Uh, yeah, for way. actors that have either played the mummy or been in mummy movies. Yeah. Most of them have played the mummy. Good deal. To some degree. Yeah. Okay, so here's the first one, and I'm gonna say right now, some of these are really obscure that do not in, in any way hint at who these people are, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> here's the first one. Stopped to help a hit and run victim and paid her hospital bills. At Yancy. age four, at, I'll, I'll keep going. Wait, Yancy at said Yancy. Yancy what? Oh, that wasn't me. Oh, okay. my bad. At age 14, he enrolled in a seminary to become a priest. Abe. Peter. Abe. Damn it, Abe, Tom I heard Abe. Cruise. Yeah, Tom Ta- Cruise. That, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Thomas Thermopiter. Uh, I will say the last one is he is the only actor to have worked with both Steven Spielberg and Stanley Kubrick. That was the last thing I had. Hmm, nice. Interesting. So next one. He made his stage debut as the demonic lead in Rumpelstiltskin, a sign of things to come. At six feet five inches, he has entered into the Guinness Book of Records as the world's tallest leading man. Whoa. I feel like that should give it away. Peter Rumpelstiltskin? Hold Peter. Yep. I mean, is it The Rock? It is. No, it is not The Rock. Because he's in Scorpion King, so that's why I was thinking that would And yet it's still not the answer. Here's the, la- here's the last one. He's a classically trained singer and a metal singer. Yancey. Yancey? Christopher Lee. Christopher Lee is the correct answer. Oh. Woo-hoo. He's 6'5? Yeah. Christopher Lee's tall as fuck, eh? What are you talking about? I, I, like, I knew he was a tall guy, but 6'5 is pretty tall. Okay. He can here's dunk. The next one. He probably could in his day. He probably dunked on Tolkien. Yeah. Here's the next one. Often thought of as a very large man, he was in reality a slim man of medium height. Hmm. He wore lift. He wore he wore huge lifts and much padding to give him Yancey. a massive look. Yancey. Boris Karloff. 
Boris Karloff is the correct answer. How tall is Boris Karloff? Not as tall as Frankenstein. I said he's a a slim man of medium height, so not that tall. Medium height. That's like me. Here's the other ones. He appeared in 80 films before his breakthrough role in Frankenstein. 80 films before he got a breakthrough? And he was one of the 12 original founders of SAG. Okay, cool. Oh, no shit. So next one. After retiring from acting, he wrote an illustrated he wrote and illustrated a children's book of Lewis Carroll style humor. I don't know. He and his best friend were once asked to leave a theater showing a Sylvester and Tweety cartoon because they were laughing hysterically. <laughs> his best friend was someone notable, I will mention. Last one. He turned down Donald Pleasance's role as Dr. Sam Loomis in Halloween. Uh... Well, Yancey. Yancey? I, that was Christopher Lee that turned down that role, wasn't it? Two people turned down that role. Peter Cushing, makes, then? Peter Cushing is the critic. Peter Cushing. Brand Marv talking talk, himself. Nailed good, it. Good, good actor. <laughs> Here's the next one. Often mistaken for Billy Zane. That's my favorite piece of trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Yancey. Yancey. Yancey? Vosloo. Arnold Vosloo. Arnold Vosloo is the correct answer. <laughs> Accurate. That's very accurate. I had few things to go on, so I had to replace Liam Neeson in a superhero film series, which is Darkman. He was of the oh, sequels. Yeah. And um, of South African origin, but is now a naturalized U.S. citizen. So. There you go. Here's the next one. This might give it a... I'm going to read that one last, because that might give it away right away. Friends with Richard Tognetti after learning to play violin for a film. <laughs> Favorite role is where he played a boxer. <laughs> and he has a rock group named 30 Odd Foot Grunts. Yeah, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is the correct answer. You did just tell us his favorite movie was Cinderella Man, so. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, that's why I realized immediately that it's like, that's not going to help. <laughs> but it, it speeds up the game. Okay, next one. Attempted an early career as a songwriter. He was the only person to have played all four of the classic mon- movie monsters. Oh. Yancey. Yancey. Yancey? I'm sorry, Lon Chaney Jr. Lon Chaney Jr. is the correct answer. Damn you, Yancey! Right on the way. <laughs> my wheelhouse. Peter's Here's the next one. Zero, I'm happy to report. I'm at zero, yeah. I, yeah. Here's the next one. Uh, classically trained dancer. Hmm. This person is Algerian and moved to France, where they started rhythmic gymnastics and joined the French national team at age 18. Yancy. Yancy? Sophia, Sophia Butella? I was. I, I thought Abe would get it just because he was the only one that could remember their name. But no, Yancy, you got it. <laughs> Congratulations, Yancy. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Okay, two more for Peter to catch up. <laughs> and for me to maintain second place. Here we go. Speaks French fluently. Has, de- has developed a reputation for being extremely approachable and friendly to fans who meet him on the street. Hmm. Is an amateur photographer. These are so general, Peter? they could be anybody. Those are pre- Peter? Brendan Fraser? Brendan Fraser is the correct answer. <laughs> Put me on the map. Like, uh, I'm, I'm happy. I haven't had to go to any of their filmographies to go. I just use them the trivia, and you guys have all got them. This is working out well. Here's the, here's the last one. Okay. Injured his foot while escaping the tsunami that followed a 9.0 earthquake in the Indian Ocean. Hmm. In in his free time, he likes to read, play badminton, and table tennis, ride his bicycle, and meditate. And the last one. Sustained bruised ribs while filming the fights, fight stunts with Anthony Anderson. What's Anthony Anderson? Jesus. 
mummy movies? This is the last one on purpose. <laughs> I'm happy with this one. I'm trying to think of like who Anthony Anderson has had fights with in movies. Uh, you gotta keep going with those, with those clues. Want me to start reading things? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna start reading some uh, some movies. I gotta find the most obscure ones. Somebody's give it away right away. Um, let's see. My father is a hero. No one will get that. <laughs> um, let's see. War. Uh, oh, Yancey. Yancey? Jet Li. Jet Li. Jet the correct Lee? answer. Ah, From nice. The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Oh. Yes. The third mummy. At all this show, noticed. He played the he, mummy. When does he fight Anthony Anderson? And Romeo must die, of course. Uh, <laughs> of course. All right. Of course. Okay. That classic featuring Jet Li and Aaliyah. I mean, I love Aaliyah. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, yeah, Anthony Anderson and... Um, Let's see, yeah, was it DMX in that one? Was it DMX? Yeah, D- DMX is in that one, yeah. Isaiah Washington, a lot of people. Uh, like D.B. Woodside, Delroy Lindo. Delroy Lindo? I, just, I probably could have assumed Delroy Lindo was in it without having to look it up, but there you go. <laughs> All right, that was Mo Money, Mo Problems. Mo Money, Mo Problems. Good name, and Yancey, interesting game. Yancey, you won, you won this week, clearly. Uh, good job, Yancey. Thank you. Kudos, Yancey. Thank you. Peter, you got on the board, so that means you get to come back on the podcast at some point, so that's nice. Wait, what does the win get me? A hug. It gets r- respect rights? and yeah, uh, jaw rules, pink slips. <laughs> Show bragging rights. Uh, one day we'll, we'll do a, a listen back to almost all 300 episodes, and we'll uh, get a score table up. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's get to Out Now Presentations Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week, and we got quite a few here. Uh, first up, John Wick, colon, Chapter 2. Yeah, go see it. Uh, the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, go see it. Yep, yep. <laughs> lots, of, lots of goods. Uh, mine? This is a film with Army Hammer. Oh, uh, Mine. That, okay. Yeah, okay. Mine. I thought that, it was M-I-M-E. Well, it is M-I-N-E. No, no, no. M, M as in Oh, Mary. Mime? Yeah, and I was like, what movie like is a, that? A French As a silent movie? performer? <laughs> yeah. Which which also has Army Hammer. Right. <laughs> let's, uh, let's remake this movie right now. <laughs> I heard mine was okay. All right. Next is Table Nineteen. Uh, I've heard that that one had mixed reviews. I just got the lyrics. Terrible. Well. I'll be seeing it. It's terrible. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I didn't hear the greatest things. So. Although Scott liked it, he was like championing it a lot. So. <laughs> uh, let's see. Grim season six. For Grim uh, fans. Sure. Uh, the Rockford Files, the complete series. Yeah, sure. Uh, on Warner Archive, the Gumball Rally. Yeah, Yancy, no, you know this one. Uh, is that the car thing? That's the car thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, do you know this one? Gumball Rally, lots of fun. Yeah, good movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, on Criterion this week, they live by night. This is a Nicholas Ray film. Ray film, his first movie. Yeah. Vampire Diaries season eight. Season I... eight. I know, right? <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what this show is about, but congratulations on season eight. I mean, that that's pretty impressive. It's hard to. Do. I assume it's just vampires locked in like a school classroom all day writing their diaries. It's detention. No action. It's like very mild inter- interaction between each other. Just lots of narration. <laughs> mild interaction. <laughs> it makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, we mentioned this. I think this came on Netflix a few weeks ago, but now it's on Blu-ray. Dragonheart: colon, Battle for Heartfire. Okay. Again, Which is, I was surprised to learn that there was many, 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 many Dragonheart sequels. It's a it's a huge D, DTV uh, hit. So. DTV. Uh, 
Direct, Direct to video. video. Okay. South Park season twenty. Sure that it's good. By the way, they're on season twenty. Yeah. It's been on for twenty years. Twenty so. years. Uh, Cheech and Chong's next movie is on a Chow Factory this week. I haven't seen it. It's their next movie. <laughs> the second one, pretty funny. Pretty that's, funny. The sec- that's the second one. Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. They get title points. Keeps it simple. <laughs> their next movie. All right. That's a number out now. Now let's go on to extremely cool. These are things that are now streaming on Netflix this week. Um, let's see. First up, Orange is the New Black season five. If you're a fan of that series, it's got a new whole new season out. Uh, Shimmer Lake. Uh, this is with a lot That's of with the uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire uh, Hunter. Yeah, Benjamin Walker, uh, Rain Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Um, a few people are. I think it's like it's supposed to be like a Coheny type noirish movie. I think is kind of what I've read about it. Okay. But yeah, that's on Netflix now. And lastly, Oh Hello on Broadway. This is um, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney who play these kind of these characters. They're like old like old Jewish men. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a Nick like, Kroll thing to do. Very like very like very heavy emphasis on old and Jewish, and they like they've taken it to Broadway. And I guess this is like a a Netflix like taped version of that. Like it's it's like a it's not quite stand up, but it's like it's like performance art <laughs> that they've done. <laughs> As, as these characters, and so if you're a fan of Nick Kroll and John Mulaney, which I think Abe, you are, I am um, a big fan of Nick. Uh, uh, I was gonna say Nick John Mulaney, Mulaney. <laughs> of both of those guys, more so yeah. John Mulaney for his yeah. writing. So, so this is yeah, this is an an embodiment of their work together on Netflix now. So there okay. you go. Uh, that's extremely cool. Next week, next next week's show. Next week we're talking Cars Three. Woo! Days of Carter. Days of Carter. That's a pretty cool tagline, and it makes you think of like a Jay Z album. But um, <laughs> I don't think that that's what the tag, or I don't think that's what the sub name is, subtitle is. There's no, it's just Cars Three. It's just Cars Three, yeah. It's just Cars the dark, Three. The dark one. Rise of the Dark Car Rising. Yeah, there you go. Resurgence. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the uh, <laughs> that's the the movie we'll be kind of tackling next. A good <laughs> good throwback because one of our first episodes was Cars Two, of course. So. That's right. Here we are. All right, last thing we do here. What should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Sorry, Peter. Peter Paris, what should people see in theaters right now? Uh, I guess Wonder Woman still, um, because the movie uh, – we're allowed to say we saw Baby Driver, right? That's not under embargo. I don't think it is. Not I really, but I mean – embargo, I, I, but I haven't seen it, so I'm going to take my headphones off here we're going to talk about it. No, 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 it's fine. No, no, we'll wait on, we'll wait on uh, Baby Driver. But um, yeah, I mean I guess Wonder Woman. Like I can't think of anything else right now that's big. So yeah, Wonder Woman. Yancey? Or no, sorry, Peter, what are you seeing next? Uh, what am I seeing next? I, I think I'm seeing, uh, uh, well, I might see Cars, or it's like, what is it, 47 Feet Below? It's some shark movie. Yeah, 47 yeah, shark Meters one. Down. I think I'm seeing that Wednesday or something, so it's one of the two. So, yeah. Okay. Yancey, what should people see in theaters right now? I'm trying to think what else is out. I mean, I think everybody would enjoy Wonder Woman, but I, I'm sure everyone's already seen that. But yeah, I guess I'll see Wonder Woman. Why not? Um, as far what is, as what I'm, I'm looking forward to see Cars 3 for sure as a major Pixar guy. I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Abe? Definitely see Wonder Woman, and I'm going to see Cars 3 next. Yeah, I, I mean, what, yeah, Wonder Woman's quite good, but also It Comes at Night um, is a right. really solid thriller. I haven't seen it. Um, it's really strong. I, I would certainly recommend it. Okay. And again, we'll have a special bonus on that episode, on that movie as well, coming up soon. Um, and, uh, and Captain Underpants, I think, is actually worthwhile too, especially for Given that Cars is about to come out and dominate things, I think you know people should if if, have, if younger ones have interest, this would be the time to see it. But yeah, Cars Three is the next film that I'll so. cool see how that goes. 
Uh, and with that said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Harry Name. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews and everything else I do over there. You can also find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Follow me on Instagram, Oakley Doakley, and Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag NBA Finals Game 5. <laughs> what a timely hashtag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Peter Paris, where can people find more of you online? You know, I'm not writing uh, right now, uh, but you can always follow my cat and my uh, screening adventures at um, Instagram, at Pajamo, Twitter, uh, or on Facebook under Peter Paris. Yancey Burns, where can people find more of you? Uh, Yancey Burns on Facebook or uh, Yancey Jack on Twitter or come to my blog, uh, The Milky Way Blues, which is uh, Milky Way Blue at blogspot.com. Uh, Time to start writing more. Let me get you on this podcast. You got to start writing some posts. Like, like know, Abe does right. on Walrus Moose. Those are funny posts. Again, I reread, <laughs> I reread some of them. I enjoyed it. <laughs> that are five years old. <laughs> my posts? No, mine. No. Mine. Oh, yeah. Nobody reads my posts. Don't worry. Yours aren't, yours aren't exactly up to date either. <laughs> no, no, they're okay. not. Okay. Yancey, it's cool. I know that you've got opinions on things. You don't have to write it out. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to encourage him to do more creatively, Abe, and you're stomping on that. You're stomping on like the father in the relationship. I'm like, you know... Just do whatever you want. <laughs> all right. You can find all the other episodes about Now with Aaron and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. You can also listen to us over at SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had on The Mummy or anything else we discussed today over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com, let alone our uh, banner contest. Right on our Facebook wall, facebook.com slash OutNowPodcast, or you can tweet at us at twitter.com slash OutNow underscore podcast. And please send us plenty of gifts of Tom Cruise running over at OutNowPodcast.tumblr.com. <laughs> Uh, so with all that said, thank you, Peter and Yancey, for joining us this thank week. Yeah, both. Always fun. Thank you, guys. Always fun. Love this. For sure. And yeah, that's going to do it until we rev things up and see how pan out with Cars 3 next week. That's going to do it. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise crazy. Just be glad it's him, not you. If you had Tom Cruise's troubles, you might be Tom Cruise crazy too. You'd flash your big white shiny smile, you'd buy expensive shoes. But you'd be the only man on earth who couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise. Oh no, you couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is always getting older. He knows he'll never be that young again And when Tom Cruise looks back over his shoulder He sees a thousand younger leading men And he knows someday he'll have to play An old retarded grandpa Well, someone younger plays his sexy son Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise crazy Just be glad it's him, not you If you had Tom Cruise's troubles You might be Tom Cruise crazy too You'd flash your big white shiny smile You'd buy expensive shoes But you'd be the only man on earth Who couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise Oh no, you couldn't enjoy Tom Cruise some of the trailer for the mummy it's gonna be a mix mash of the teaser and also a full-on but the mishmash is uh it starts off with like tom cruise staring at the casket or i guess the sarcophagus, sarcophagus and then you just staring hear... back at him 
<laughs> and cut back to Tom Cruise staring at it, and then cut to the sarcophagus staring back at him uh, four times. And then uh, and then what happens? Um, Birds. No, they have to go to the cockpit. He's like, what the hell is that? In like a really yeah. muffled, like 60-year-old Tom Cruise voice. Because he Birds. sounds like he's got cotton balls in his mouth. Birds. <laughs> Turns into Sully. Uh, crows hit. And then a lot of Tom Cruise screaming. And then um, parachute opening. And then teaser or trailer number one, song comes in with the whole entire like. And then Tom Cruise waking up from the uh, the the, the journey. journey. Opening up it up. Opening it up and then Cue narration from Russell Crowe. Welcome. To a world of gods and monsters. While, while you're seeing four <laughs> eyes on the screen. Mm-hmm. And then it goes into... Uh, Meet Princess Aminet. <laughs> the mummy, she is real. And uh, to cut to Jake Johnson saying, like, she's got plans for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is a good trailer. <laughs> and then... Was uh, that supposed to be painted black? <laughs> yeah, that was that was, that was was Abe's version of painted black. <laughs> That's what I thought. Nice work. <laughs> And then uh, the last scene is is just uh, them in the water, be like, "Don't leave me, don't leave me," and uh, and bow, 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 and the mummy titles. That that cue plays, that riff plays like four times in the trailer. Well, yeah, that was what they're going with. Anyway, that was the mummy trailer. It's a good recap. Pretty good. Yeah, one of our better ones in weeks. <laughs> so. I know. Yeah, we haven't really had great ones. In the past no, I haven't. Time. I haven't used it for the bloopers at all lately. <laughs> it's just like all right. All right. <clears throat> 